It's called the mascot. Okay, so you don't have to be in a. No, you do. I don't know. I, don't I need. So. I need. I need a ruling. Well, I need. I need a ruling on this. We'll start recording, and I'll give you. A... I'm. I'm. Re- I've been recording the whole time. Oh, okay. Well, let me yeah. call. I'll call Squatch on the way home. Remember Squatch <laughs> asking the rules on mascots. Squatch. I don't think Squatch liked me very much. <laughs> well, for whatever it's funny. I, he did not like me. Was there only one the whole time? Because I, I, I met one of them at Jalisco's. I got the little s- guy. Yeah, but was there the more? Beard. Was there more than one little guy? Oh, I'm sure there were more than one. There was more than one moose. Mariner Moose, yeah, yeah. so there must have been more. Than, but I'm talking about one in particular. I used to see it at least goes after the game, I was and, he, gonna, and he didn't like me. I was thinking he used to give thing. me the cold shoulder. Right, he gave me Very the, old, the, cold the old high hat. He would like ignore I don't me. Know. He was kind I don't of a know. dick in a way. But <laughs> the I, old Squatch was a dick. <laughs> I was disappointed. I was disappointed to find out that Squatch oh, wasn't a nice guy. Oh my god! But maybe he just like was shy or hated. I don't know. Whatever. I had the same the same run in with Squatch, so I don't know. Really? Yeah. Maybe he thought you and I were the same person, so yes, he just disliked like one. He only disliked one person in his life, and it was the combo of you me. Maybe he maybe hated the show. It. Maybe Fish has the same story about when we were doing morning. I just always <laughs> got the cold shoulder same. from the old Squatch. And he, are you talking about the blonde? Yes. Was his name Jeremy? I don't know his name, but he was pretty small. I mean, smallish. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was yeah something weird, going right? On. Yeah, something going yeah. on with Squatch. Who knows? I hope they're going to get a new one after <laughs> when they when they bring in the new team. Wow, the guy's sixty now. <laughs> no, he's not sixty. <laughs> oh, is there anything to talk about on Mitch Unfiltered? Should we start now? What yeah, do, I mean, you want to do the mic checks while we're running? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You want to do that? Five, six, eight, yeah, I think we're you good. sound good. Well, I, I'm guessing none of the talk that we're going to do is, is going to be about the Sopranos movie. No, is or there about a Sopranos the, movie? the show Squid Game, which I'm obsessed Don't with. Don't know anything yeah, about Yeah, I know. Things. All right. Yeah. I mean, you like Sopranos. You watched it when it came out. No, I never saw it. But, really? Didn't never you saw it one it? time. Yeah. Is that the Jeremy Piven Yes, show? Jeremy Piven no, show. That's, that's exactly not, it. That's not Sopranos. What was he in? Uh, Entourage. Entourage. I didn't saw that. I never saw that either. I saw one episode yeah. of that with, yeah. at uh, Little Wing Shapiro's very, house. Very, very disappointed with Jeremy Piven. Want me to tell you my Jeremy Piven story? I have a Jeremy who Piven story. Who has a Jeremy Piven story, first of all? Who doesn't or who does? No, who does? Me. Right? You have a Jeremy Piven story. But we've got all this other stuff. This, this, if, we, if we don't keep ourselves somewhat disciplined on episode 161, <laughs> yeah, that's us. We, are, we are running the risk of having a nine-hour okay. unfiltered. All right. But I thought maybe just because everybody's sad about the, the Mariners and yeah. everybody's sad about the Huskies and whatever. I don't know. You want a Jeremy Piven story? Of course. More and, than you, and you're going to tell me, relax, it's no big deal. But it just bothers me because I, I, I'm going to tell you a story that if the roles were reversed, let's assume he wasn't Jeremy Piven, and the roles were reversed, I would have acted much differently. Anyway, Jeremy Piven's father and my father okay. went to high school together. Is that right? That's right. Huh, okay. Yeah. They knew each other. They went to high school in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Right. They knew each other for a lot of years. Okay. And... My dad didn't really even know who Jeremy Piven was. He would say, like, before he died, he used to say, uh, you know that Jeremy Piven guy? I went, to fa- I went to school with his father. Okay. And one day, just randomly, I'm in Vegas at the Mirage Hotel. Oh, boy. And who's in the lobby with me at the Mirage Hotel? Waiting to be discovered. Waiting for someone to notice him. Jeremy Piven. Yeah. And probably at the height of his star, I don't even know. I don't know when Entourage was on, but he was a big. He was he was a big enough star that I knew him, and I never watched Entourage. Right. So I don't even know why I knew him. So is this during he was in something? This is during or, or post Entourage time or before Entourage? I don't, I don't know because it would make a big difference. That was really know. a big thing for him. I don't. Okay, anyway. I, I I I think my dad might have still been alive too. So it's going back. My dad died in in uh, in fourteen. So okay. I don't. I, anyway, I went up to him. Yeah, I went up to him and I said, hey, I don't want to bother you. I just want to say hello, enjoy your work. Because I had seen him in some other stuff. Sure. I wanted to let you know that your dad, just a small world story, your dad and my dad 
went to high school together. Yeah. And I think his dad might have been an actor, too. I think he might have gotten his acting. Hmm. I, I don't know. Okay. But he couldn't be more disinterested. Right. And just, like, get out of my face. Yeah. Almost get – I mean, he didn't say get out of my face, but it was it was really one of the more disappointing reactions. Like, if somebody came up to me that I had no idea – let's say I was in FX McCrory's, and somebody came up to me and said, I got to tell you, your dad and my dad went to school to high school together in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'd be good and interested. <laughs> yeah, right. Who's your dad? What's yeah, his yeah. name? I'd be wanting to go back to my dad and tell him, right. hey, do you remember? You're not going to believe it, yeah. Just total big time. Like, get out, you know, don't bother me. And so Don't bother e- me. Everything I've read and heard See, about Jeremy know. Piven. Is that? Everything I've read and heard yeah, about him. Is the opposite. No, no, I was going to say, is the opposite of Henry Winkler, who's like oh. known as the nicest guy so in Hollywood. So this is consistent, what I, you're going to say. I mean, the word douchebag comes up a lot with Jeremy Piven. Now, really? I, I don't know anything about I, him. I don't yeah. know him. I'm just telling you what I've heard from really? lots like of Like in real life. In real life, oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so I'm actually not surprised by that story, uh. that he's just he's just that way. He's just prickly and just, And yeah. you know, uh, you, you ask me why I'm disappointed in that. Why are you disappointed I in I don't that? know. Well, you think well, a lot I, of your dad. I mean, you I, wanted to share no, a cool no, story. No, 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 it's not that. It's just like, it's. it was a little, and this you're going to say this is weird, but it was just a little sad to me that he would not want to know about like somebody, his dad, it's his dad. Right, but they may not have a relationship. Oh, I don't know. You, yeah. you go through the world thinking everyone has yeah, the same true. relationship that you have with your dad. That's true. And they don't. Sure. So yeah, who knows? But then again, he's probably just a jerk. <laughs> he probably loves his dad. He just didn't want to talk to some rando about well. it. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have a Jeremy Piven story. <laughs> there you go. Is that a good story? It's great, yes. <laughs> there you go. We start with Jeremy Piven. Yes. Uh, episode 161, this is the T section. My head's going to explode. Absolutely <laughs> explode. I'm afraid that you're going to leave this house. Mm-hmm. We're going to stop recording, and I'm going to go, oh, my God, I forgot to talk about the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm blocking or you. Or something. I'm blocking your number on the way home. <laughs> I don't Get know. it in now. There's no coming back. I know so much going on. Sports. And then on, on Why does sports do this to us? Yeah. Do I have to ask that question again? Do you realize that I started the day at noon like every other Mariners fan with my Mariner yeah, t-shirt it, on yeah. thinking, "Come on. Come on. I Come on, Washington Nationals. We need you to be. Right. I mean, I, I'm sitting there saying to myself, I'm sitting here on an October day at 54 effing years old, rooting for the <laughs> Washington Nationals against the Boston Red yeah. Sox in a game I can't even watch. I'm like, what? What am I doing? I, hey. what, what? And then here's here's the insanity of it. Yeah. Two hours later, with the Seattle Mariners losing. I'm now rooting for the Red Sox to win so that the Mariners game doesn't mean anything. So I so, oh, yeah. so I have less torture. So I have less guilt if they lose yeah. that they could have won. I want the Mariners game to be meaningless. So now, two hours later, come on, Red Sox, let's go. Oh, my God. I want I you to win the game. Sports, what are we doing? It's, it's what are we doing sad. with our lives? It's really sad. It is. I'm just happy I gave a crap about game 162. I mean, I can't remember the last time I cared about the Mariners 162. You, as it turns out, 162 meant nothing. But I cared about it at For 12 little, yeah. when it was you on. You did. Yeah, when, it, when you did hear the you root ever, music. Do you have any friends Mm-mm. that... <laughs> do on. you have any friends, guy friends over the years who have zero interest in sports? Like literally, they know you're a sports guy that used to play and... And you, you you were on a sports station for a while, but they just the, your friends of your family or or your wife has a girlfriend who's got a husband. Do you know anybody huh. who just does it? Because I just want to ask them. 
It's got to have been more peaceful yeah. in your world. I want to find a 54-year-old yeah. who just forever, whatever reason, didn't have a family into sports, didn't have a – maybe a dad was a, a trumpet player or a violinist. Maybe they grew up in, in yeah. the arts or something. They just – sports wasn't a thing. So they, they're like living in Seattle. They don't know anything about the Seahawks or the Mariners. They know what they read on the front page of the newspaper. They, they don't care. They had to have led a more peaceful life than me, that 54. Am I wrong about no. – or, or would you say, but sports has added so much to your life, Mitch, mm. that the- – <laughs> That 54-year-old has uh, not a gray hair on his head. He's got all his hair, looking great, no wrinkles, no stress marks, no nothing. Doesn't drink after games to forget about it. No, he's living a great life, that 54-year-old who doesn't care. I'm sitting here. I know. Silly. I'm sitting here antsy about a freaking Boston-Washington baseball game. <laughs> I know, it's silly. It is. What am I doing? I know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm and my, my wife kind of looks at me. I mean, she kind of likes sports, but she looks at me sometimes. She's like, dude, yeah. do you not get it? I know it's it's not it's not important. It's it's not that, you know, you're 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 halfway there or three quarters of the way there. You're almost you're almost done. <laughs> right. You know, start start <laughs> almost done. <laughs> I mean, you're I know Artie Jerkowitz, my dad's best friend would yeah. say, Mitch, you're in the top of the seventh. Oh, the seventh top of the I seventh. I'm like, in the stretch, the seventh inning stretch. I'm like I'm in the top of the seventh and I'm worrying about a Boston-Washington right. game. But it is weird that oh, we're, we're living and God. dying with a bunch of strangers playing a game that Who don't cares? give a shit about us. What does it matter? It doesn't matter. Kyle Seeger doesn't care about me. That, like when the Seahawks I'm won like this. I'm crying. He's coming off the, I, fucking, <laughs> the sorry, the field. I know. And I got tears coming out of my oh, eyes. Sweet, and Kyle Seeger couldn't give a shit about me. No. When the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, I was like, okay, I've been rooting for him my whole life. Do I get a check for like a hundred grand now? You get nothing. You get nothing. You don't give a crap you get you get shit on by jeremy pivot <laughs> you just send your deposit in for next year's effing tickets <laughs> they just take more money for i know it's so weird watching sports what are we doing like i don't i don't have any friends like close close friends that aren't into sports that's kind of sad actually but i i when i was at microsoft i knew those people yeah people who just okay like, so you do i I, I know them and I'm they exist, friendly right? with there, them. There's somebody out there, right? Oh, there's a lot of them at Microsoft. They didn't know who the Seahawks were playing. Yeah. Didn't know what time oh, no, they yeah, were yeah. on. Lots of that. Yeah, yeah. Anybody not know who Russell Wilson is? Is there a 54-year-old citizen of the Northwest that Ugh. doesn't even know? Like if you said Russell Wilson, he'd be like, mm, I've heard the name. Because that guy must have had the most peaceful life in the world. Yeah. He, he just can't be bothered by right. the nonsense. I got a guy who's about 35 who may or may not know who Russell Wilson is. Really? Let's All he, get him on. For, for, well, Let's give him a, a quiz. You talk about a nine-hour show. This guy can throw <laughs> words together. You got to be careful. He sits there at work. He's got Twitch on. He's just yeah. watching people play video games yeah. for eight hours a day. Eight, I mean, thirty-five and doesn't know who Russell Wilson. He's is. very smart. He may know, but it, it would he would be he couldn't tell you where he went to college oh. or he couldn't tell you. He, he may have just heard the name because it's pop culture. <laughs> he saw it on Twitter or something. But God. yeah, those those people are out there. Oh. I know. Uh, and then to, to throw in uh. two basketball games that my daughter had on Sunday at 10-10 and then at 12-30, right in the mix of everything, the Mariners and Seahawks. And I had to go watch the Seahawks game at a restaurant because the father-in-law's leaving for the winter. And yeah, just busy, busy. I kid you not. I have spent in the last like 18 hours or <laughs> 24 hours I have spent like three of my hours my precious I don't know how many I got left I don't maybe no I'm does, in the seventh yeah. maybe I'm in the ninth right maybe I'm in the ninth I don't know how much time I have left do I get that screen <laughs> go ahead you will that screen to me <laughs> the screen? that's nice you like that screen yeah. um 
I don't know how much time, but I have, I spent hours in the last 24 hours obsessing about a fourth and one college football call (laughs) involving a university that I didn't go to. Right. That I hardly root for. My son goes there, but whatever. A a team that's already lost two games, one to Montana, Michigan. It doesn't matter. I I have been obsessing about how an effing offensive coordinator could make that call when he's got two running backs. I'm obsessing about it. I'm like, (laughs) I'm wasting my time. I don't know how much time I got left. What do I care? That guy that you know, that 35-year-old, he must be a more peaceful human being than me. I think he is probably, yeah. Now, we're in the tease, by the way. I, I, oh, we got to start. Yeah, I, I want to hear about this because I, I didn't get yeah. to watch the Husky I game. Tell, I, I got plenty to say. You do? Plenty to say. Okay, good. You got to fill I me in I should tell that. everybody that you know the drill. Subscribe to Mitch Unfiltered. Unless you don't know anything about sports and you don't know who Russell <laughs> Wilson is. You don't care about Jeremy Piven. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or anywhere else. We ask you to write a review on Apple. Give us a five-star if you don't mind. If you like the show, we yep. ask you to become a a Mitch Unfiltered patron at MitchUnfiltered.com. It costs $5 a month. We now have weekly appearances every week from Danny O'Neill, Slickhawk, Randy Mueller, Peter King, Jason Lockenford, Joe Fan, Brady Henderson, Kenny Z for football, Mr. P and uh, Tail of the Tape are coming. Uh, all the shows, by the way, were free and unlocked this week. And I do have a note to say that, and I've said this before, maybe I don't say it enough. If you, and I don't know if, it's, if, it, if this person exists either, like the 35-year-old who doesn't know who Russell Wilson is. If you are out there listening to this and you would like to be a patron and you'd like to hear all the other shows that we do, mm-hmm. but you have financial hardships mm-hmm. and maybe $5 a month, while it doesn't sound like a lot, you're just not in a position to be able to do that right now, yeah. just write me an email and I'll give it to you, okay? okay? I don't want people, I don't want people who want to hear it and can't do it because... They're not in a great spot in their life yeah. to not be able to hear this stuff. That's not the, that was not the point of Patreon. So I, I want to make sure. It, yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who you are. You can be anonymous. Just send me a, an email, Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com. Just say, hey, I, I just, it's not a good spot. I'm not in a good time right now in my life. And I'd love to hear it. And I'll set you up. It doesn't, doesn't nice matter. nice of you. Not nice of me. I mean, it doesn't well, cost I'm, me anything. No, I know, but other people are paying. No, it's it's, yeah. it's a nice. It's nice gesture. to them. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Well, honestly, somebody reached out to me and asked where they can hear the music ones, and I explained to him it's Patreon. It's and, Patreon, yeah. And he said, yeah, well, it doesn't I, work that I'm way. not. I'm not in a place, you know, where I could do it. Tell so. him to send me a note. Well, I I'm happy to just I just Dropboxed them a few episodes via oh, Dropbox nice. or Google Drive. Yeah, I mean, it's like nice. why not? I want people to hear it. You know, if of course we want people to sign up. Yeah, I want people to hear my work. Yeah, I mean, we we do want to on some level protect the people that have been paying all this time i mean i don't want them going shit mitch what are you talking about (laughs) i'm gonna cancel now give me my free stuff yeah i hear you there's a fine line all right i gotta take care of some business here uh beat the boys yes weekend number four i don't know who you had i think we're we're recording this as one of the games is going on i don't know who you have in the patriots but do we did we even do the patriots bucks i don't even know who we did we did we did seahawks we did seahawks niners and i had the seahawks did you have the niners or the seahawks and beat the boys this past week. I had the Niners. I think I'm pulling it up right now. I'm pretty sure. Well, I was like hedging I know I had, myself. I know I had the Vikings against the Browns. I, had I lost the, that. I had the Vikings. So you're Owen. T- you're just. You're worse What's than the me. score? I'm, and I'm losing this one. <laughs> God. Terrible. Thank God we got slick on our team. No kidding, man. Uh, thank you to Fire uh, Fireside Home Solutions. If, you, if you're in the market for a new fireplace, we just added one outside here. We sat there the other night watching the Mariners lose. <laughs> Um, but it was really warm and toasty thanks to our new outdoor patio fireplace from Fireside Home Solutions and FiresideHomeSolutions.com. All right, week five, 
I owe you a code word, and yep. I owe you three new games. Week five, it's Packers at Bengals I picked. Okay. I picked 49ers at Cardinals. The Cardinals, to me, are the surprise team of the week. They're now undefeated, having just, just run over the Rams in Los Angeles. Who saw that coming? Right. Um, and then the Bills and the Chiefs. Packers, Bengals, 49ers, Cardinals, Bills at Chiefs. That's going to be a good one, yeah. Code word, Seager, S-E-A-G-E-R. Okay. S-E-A-G-E-R. What did I say? You said that right. I'm okay. just saying, S-E-A-G-E-R, yeah. all in lower caps. Because there's a Pete Seeger. It's S-E-G-E-R. Don't get it confused with the musician Pete Seeger. Well, there's another Seeger. There's a Bob Seeger. Bob Seeger, S-E-G-E-R, I know. S-E-G-E-R, yeah. Was he in the Eagles? No. <laughs> no, he was not. Turns out he had his own career as Bob Seeger. He didn't need a... Well, he had the Silver Bullet Band, I guess. Well, but you know yeah. why I don't know? Because you haven't done a thing on him yet. He's on, He's high on the list. Is he really? I'm a big fan, Are actually. you working on a new one? Or? I am. Yeah. F- female this time. Like, I'm going back. And I, 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 this is the one where people are going to go, okay, Yeah, that's terrible. People are going to hate this one. <laughs> you say that every time. I, I, I'm, I'm scared. You're just lowering the bar. You're just playing the, well, no, the reverse the reversal The David Lee Roth one on was us. two yeah. parts. I mean, I dove deep on David you Lee Roth. Sure did. Who, by you the sure way, did. announced his retirement this past weekend. Did he? Yeah, I'll get into that later. Yeah. But, but, so, but this one's kind of back to the basics. A little is back David history. Is David Roth a hit, Jewish hit, guy? Hit, he I is. think he's a Jewish guy. He's Jewish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's David Lee Roth. How dare you? Um, I, I think, I think he was the rabbi at a at a, at a uh... <laughs> yeah your bar mitzvah. He was the rabbi. <laughs> Come on, he's a cantor. Is that what you're telling me? No, he is. He is Jewish. What do you know about cantors? You've never asked me if I'm. You don't know whether I'm Jewish or not. Maybe I am. Okay. You've never asked. Yep. I don't have to ask. Okay, <laughs> What do you mean you don't have to ask? Have to How ask rude is that? It could be. No, that's not rude. I don't have to, to just ask. suggest I'm not. You don't take showers. <laughs> is that a Jewish thing? No, <laughs> Most of us don't take Okay, shows. I guess I'm out then. I'm, right. I'm going to move on. Guests. Uh, what do we got? Guests, guests, guests. The uh, the Seahawks no table, Joe Fan and and Brady Henderson on a a really important kind of uh, keep yeah. the season going really. win in San Francisco. We've got Neuheisel, who is just, he did it to me again. He's again. He's 0-4, and I've bet all of them at the Snoqualmie Casino. They're adding a wing. <laughs> the Mitch Levy slash Rick Neuheisel wing. They call me. I told him during the interview. They call me. They said, "Can you ask Neuheisel to give you a few extra picks?" Yeah, no kidding. Because we love the ones that he's doing. So Neuheisel's back on, and we oh. joke about that. He gives us a new pick. And then I normally tell you who's on the show, and I'm not going to tell you because you wouldn't know the guy's name anyway. We have a 12 year old boy, okay, who just and his dad who just turned 12 this past weekend. So right. he was 11. When he accomplished something that, statistically speaking, mathematically speaking, is 67 million to one against. Wow. And it is sports. Okay. An 11-year-old and his dad, but he just turned 12, who accomplished something in sports that mathematicians say the likelihood of it happening is 67 million to one. Have any idea? I'm not going to tell you what it is, but do you have any idea? Well, you have probably a little guess. No? Yeah, I do, except for he's not old enough to do the thing that I think it might be. Oh, okay. Well, then it can't be that. Well, but his, he could have given it to his dad to make the bet for him. <sighs> Maybe. Well, you're on the wrong track. Oh, I am. You are. Because he did something, okay. this young man, I shouldn't say young man, he's a boy. Is this it, boy. Was it just a luck that he happened to stumble into or, or skill or? Skill. Really? Okay. Part, well, I think when you hear, you'll say part skill, part, part luck. Okay. I mean, there's always a little luck yeah. involved. But no, 67 million to one, there's yeah. going to be a no, little luck. But he accomplished, he did something. Amazing. Can't wait to hear. Okay. My head is about to explode. I have so much to say. 
161, not possible without cross-country mortgage. Nails, thanks to their new team in Kirkland, headed by Jordan Flowers. Access to some new construction loan products, second to none. How much can you save every month on a refinance? Jordan Flowers, 425-890-2957. Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers all working together to bring retirement planning, taxes, and investments under one roof. EvergreenGK.com, more than just a financial advisor, everything wealth. Did you hear that Mark Few is about to have a new place to pick up some pizza in Spokane? Zeke's is coming, and I kid you not. Tacoma north to Bellingham and now east to Spokane. Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Daniel's Broiler, another fabulously successful bourbon bash a couple of weeks ago. Lindsay reminds us that Daniel still has all kinds of positions available, full-time and part-time. Daniel's Broiler Com. It's official. Our brand new outdoor fireplace is warming our patio thanks to Fireside Home Solutions. We watched that crazy Mariners game on Friday night outside next to the fireplace. These guys are fantastic. FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Episode 161. Where do we even begin? It starts right now. Unfiltered. I don't want to believe that now all of a sudden, because he's getting ready to sign in Tampa, now you're ready to sign him, when you could have signed him 37 different times during the course of the offseason, the beginning of the season. If if the Seahawks had decided that he could help their team, and the Seahawks are okay with his off-the-field issues, and the fact that you never moved on it until now, that I mean, that's, that's almost not forgivable. Unfiltered. They got three freaking games to play and they're a half game. They're threatening to make the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. I think all of us are in kind of disbelief. They're, yep. they're, you look at their roster, you look at their averages, and it is like, but they keep winning game after game after game. Are they going to make the playoffs? It's crazy. They're not going to make the playoffs. Mitch is unfiltered. Episode 161, Hot Shot Scott. I, I don't even know. Do you do do you do Mariners, then Seahawks, then Huskies? I know. Do you do Seahawks, then Mariners, then Huskies? People have been mad. Mad's probably a strong word, but I've been getting a lot of email. God, you're not giving enough time to the Mariners. Yeah. Why are you Biggest giving them more time? The you should be starting off with that, and you and you you don't get to it until midway. I mean, I don't know. You want to start with the Mariners? I, I'm t- my tendency is to start with the Huskies just to get it out of the way because it's eating at you. Well, just to get it out of the way because I don't I don't think we'll spend a lot of time, but I have something to say okay. about the Huskies, and it's very simple. Someone needs to get fired or demoted right now, and I'm guessing or should have before this show. Okay. At okay. the University of Washington. At the University of Washington. Needs to be Somebody like, oh, needs wow. to be fired. Okay. Somebody needs to be demoted. And it won't happen because it's college football. And college football athletic directors don't fire people. And coaches don't fire people in the middle of the season. Yeah. Sometimes happens in the NFL. So I don't, don't get me wrong. I understand that it's not going to happen. But somebody needs to go right away. That could be John Donovan, the offensive coordinator. Uh-huh. Maybe it's Jimmy Lake who needs to be fired. Maybe it's Jen Cohen who needs to be well, fired. Maybe it's the mascot or the real dog. And I don't know. We went through this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know which one's the mascot. Somebody needs to lose a job or be demoted today. Okay, I'm ready okay. to hear this because, uh, I, as I told you, I watched the last drive. So you got to help me understand. Someone. This. Okay. Quarterback sneak. 
Uh. on fourth and a long yard when you have the football getting ready to go down to win a football game in the Pac-12. Unforgivable for so many reasons. Okay. First of all, I just had this conversation with Neuheisel. If if you've got an inch to go on fourth down, if you if they come, if they bring the chains out after third down and you've got an inch to go, you know what they call that on the scoreboard? Fourth and what? Fourth and inches. No, not on the scoreboard. Oh, for fourth don't. and one. Fourth yeah, and yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. If you've got a yard and a half to go for yeah. the first down, you know what they call that in, on the scoreboard? Is it fourth and one? It's fourth and one. Okay. okay. There are a lot of fourth and ones. I said, a lot of range in fourth there, there's and one. A yeah. lot. <laughs> not all fourth and ones are created equal. <laughs> right. Okay. There is a time and a place for a quarterback sneak with the game on the line. Gotcha. In Corvallis on Saturday night, under the circumstances, was neither the time <laughs> nor the place. Okay. okay? <laughs> Fourth and one, a long one, more than one, and they sneaked the quarterback on fourth and one with the game uh. on the line. All year, hot shot. What have you been learning? What have you been hearing? We got to come up with a running. Jimmy Lake, we got to come up with a running right. game. We've got to find a running game. We got it. We're not going to be able to be the Huskies that we want to be. They finally found a running game on Saturday night in Corvallis because they decided to play their best running back, which is another story, Sean McGrew. Right. And, and Pleasant. McGrew and Pleasant combine. One guy goes over 100 yards. The other guy's got 70 or 80. They wow. combine to average seven yards a carry. Seven yards a carry. Oh. And on fourth and one with the game on the line, they go with a quarterback sneak. Is seven more than one and a half? So they, d- d- does the math tell you that they could probably pick that up? <laughs> Frustrating. So now you couple that with the play calling in the first two games. Yeah. The offensive play calling in the first two games that that shared in the the reasons that they lost to Montana, certainly Montana, maybe they weren't competitive with Michigan. And then the fact that now that we're watching it, that they chose not to play 26th year senior Sean McGrew, who's by far and away the best running back and most capable running. They sat him for two games. The coaching staff, the offensive coaching staff decided you're not good enough to play a down. Right. For two games against Montana and Michigan. Yeah. No. And now we're looking back on it like, what, 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 what was going on then? Yeah. Somebody needs to get fired or demoted like today, now, soon. I mean, doesn't this fall on the offensive coordinator? Is he calling the plays? Is he calling a sneak? Call it who you want, offensive coordinator. Doesn't the head coach kind of oversee everything? He I don't does, know. Yeah. I don't know. You're, I, I, again, they're not going to fire anybody. No, I know. I'm just they're trying not to gonna demote like- anybody. But this is crazy now. You know, one thing here, okay. One bad game, all right. Yeah. One bad decision, yeah. But now you put it all together. We're four or five games into the season, and there are three or four terrible injustices that are happening. Right. And it all comes back to the same group. So let's do something about that group. But they won't. I'm done. Let's I'm do done. something. I'm about, done with the Huskies. Let's do something about it, but we know they won't. So They won't. They won't. So McGrew was just standing there the whole time, the first couple of games, like, Standing on the sidelines with his helmet. No, no sense in having he's that guy in the game. He's a 74-year senior. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay? He's Rick Fox. Rick Fox was at North Carolina. He's but... running around the other night easy, making just making people miss running through tackles. Oh, easy. And they chose not to play him. Yeah. That's they just... had a guy on their team that would have won the Montana game probably or kept them in the Michigan game. Yeah. They chose not to play him. They decided the other guys are better. 
And then when they played him and he gained 100 and some odd yards on seven yards of carry, they didn't give him the ball on fourth right. down and one with the game on the line. Was he even a decoy? Was he something? Uh, Did he help at all? <laughs> was was the sneak just straight having ahead? Having a hot dog on this. <laughs> Like Cortez back in the day. Was the sneak just one of those straight ahead ones, or did he kind of roll out? or did nah, Roll out. No option, no nothing, nothing. Just straight ahead. And he wasn't even close. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing we They're know all about. Going first down. They're all giving me the signal. for. I'm like, he's not even close. I'm at the freaking Cheesecake Factory, and I can see that. <laughs> one thing we know about that quarterback, he's known for his running. So it's a good move to let him try to pick, up, uh, pick it up with his legs, right? Uh, How was Cheesecake Factory, by the way? Delightful? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all the right, Huskies. Done. You're done. Go ahead. I'm done. Done with the Huskies. Where right, do you we'll want to go see now? if anyone gets Mariners. Fired. Well, you were talking about, like, why do we give a crap? So yeah. Friday night, I'm forced to go to the Mount Side football game, which I don't care about. You're not forced to go to the Mount Side well, What do you mean you're forced to go to the My Mount daughter Side? wants to go meet friends, so I have to kind of chaperone her and her friend. I can't really leave. I feel like it's irresponsible for me to leave the stadium, God forbid. something. So I'm sitting there watching this cockamamie Bothell Mount Side game I don't give a crap about, watching the Mariner game on my phone. Bothell won that game. They did. Mount yeah. was like number two in the state, by the way. Um, <laughs> Any I'm, Millens left? No, but the quarterback has a rifle from really? outside. Oh, really? yeah, good arm. Yeah. But I was kind of chuckling that yeah. they lost. I got no love for Is you still on the sidelines, or does he only coach when it's his son? Oh, only when it's his son. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I, I don't know if that's true. But so I'm in the car with my daughter and two of her friends, and I'm listening to the freaking Mariner game like it's like my life depends on it. This is Friday night. Friday yeah. night. Runners on the corners with no outs. Stop. I'm like, I'm, here we go. And the, my, my daughter is kind of half-heartedly interested. Uh, her friends are looking... They don't give a shit. And here I am yelling at these kids, like, let's go, man. Strikeout, oh. strikeout, strikeout with men on the corners. You're talking about the seventh inning of Friday night's game. And then, right. and then comes the ninth where they put a guy on second. Yeah. And I get blasted on social media because I have the audacity oh. to say, <laughs> why don't you bunt him to third? Yeah. And people are like, are you 96 years old? <laughs> Nobody does that anymore. Nobody plays small. Nobody advances runners anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you put a guy on second. Let me get this straight. Let me let me just understand oh all you whippersnappers out there. <laughs> you put a guy on second. Yep. The team hits 224 as a team. That would be 30th out of 30 teams in baseball. That's their team batting average. Oh. At home, by the way, they hit 214. Okay, so let me get this straight, whippersnappers, people who blasted me. Yeah. Instead of bunning him over and then getting him in on a ground ball where you could actually get a run without getting a hit. Yeah. Right? That'd be nice. Yeah, sure. You can get a run without getting a hit. Instead of doing those things, you'd rather take three chances to get a single, which means you'd have to go one for three, which would be 333 for a team that hits 214 at home. Right? Yeah, I, I got... I don't know what the f I'm talking about, right? right? Because I've never seen a baseball game in my life. Right. All this new wave shit yeah. that, oh, you can't do this anymore. Mitch Scott Service has not done that all year. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. You're a t the stats are the stats. You're not, you're not a normal team. You are who you are. You, yeah. you are who you are. You are the worst batting average team in the league. And yeah. if you are the worst batting average team in the league and you have a chance in the ninth inning of a must win down one Ugh. to get a run without having to get a hit, you take that opportunity every single day of the week and twice on Sundays. Yeah. So don't give me this whole push. Mitch, you don't know what you're talking about. Mitch, you don't stick to football. You don't oh, know. Oh, really? You got some of that. <laughs> Was <laughs> I couldn't see that one, but but by the way, was there a bunt Saturday by the Mariners? 
There was a bunt Saturday. I think it was Jake Fraley. I want to say. Oh yeah, they didn't. Yeah, of course. And he laid it right down. Yeah, and beautiful. They had, well, yeah, and they, I don't know if it's the same thing. I'm just saying. No, it's the same thing. It was pretty a much great the bunt. Same. Yeah, and apparently worked. Scott Service doesn't always not do it. Right. Whatever that means. Whatever I just said. But um, and it worked out because they got him the third. They got the second and third, and then beautiful. they got the bases loaded, and then they got the big hit from Mitch Haniger. Yeah. Although Ty France with one out didn't do the job, but correct. Uh, yeah. I just. I'm just. I'm exhausted. Already, we got I'm some exhausted. more of the show to go. I'm exhausted. Can, can you please address for me your your fool's gold comment? Who are you talking to about? You're worried that next year Mariner fans are going to have their hopes up. Well, I mean that's a conversation that we have a long time to have. Okay. It it, it actually there's a lot of layers to that. I, I found it interesting. So maybe you can what bring did it I up. say? Did I say that on Twitter or something? Or no, no you I said it you, on a podcast. I was I, there's so many I can't keep them straight on the Patreon. Oh, you that, mean on our one of our podcasts? Yeah, you were talking to somebody about it, and you were wondering. Yeah, I, if just, it's fool's I just gold. I, I just I just I'm I'm a little uh, well. First of all, you know who I am. You know my nature. I'm more of a set the bar low mm-hmm. guy. I'm not one of these guys that likes to set the bar high. Oh, I know. I used to hear your radio show. Go on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I ended up in, in a lot of hours of counseling and therapy because of this. Yeah. I'm not a fan of getting – I like to keep – I'm a passionate pessimist. I like to keep expectations low. Okay. And I'm a little worried. They went 90 and 72. You tipped their cap. They had a That's very right. fun season. Look what they gave us the last weekend of the year, although once we sold out. And by the way, congrats to you. You were totally right. on They, they were going to sell out. I was totally wrong about that. The fans came out. It was a party over there. For, yep. Too bad they had to lose two out of those three games. It is too bad, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm just I'm, – I'm modestly – Concern that people are going to look at this team at 90 and 72 and say, God, look at how close we were. Right. We're super young. We're going to be the favorite in the West next year. Yeah. And I think when you dig this again, this is my effing opinion. All right. This is Mitch Unfiltered, my opinion. Just like playing small ball in the ninth inning is yeah. my opinion. You don't like it, you don't have to agree with it. Go, I'll go with you to the ballet. You don't have to, you don't have to like it. <laughs> I think there's a little something. If you're something Jeremy there, Piven, okay, what something I, something where about, about about what you said? Yeah, I I tend about to agree sacrificing. With you. No, no, no. About the whole, you know, they 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 had a great year, to, you know, record wise, but they won a lot of close games. They and, very and well. Look, I'm not telling you. I'm not encouraged. I'm trying to keep the bar low. Yeah. I don't think as like if you said to me, Mitch, if they re-racked and started right today and played the season over with the same group that they've got right now. Yeah. I would project them to be a 500 team and not make the playoffs. Huh. And people right now listening to this are like, are you crazy? Did you not see how they finished the season? Did you not see Jared Conant coming on strong? And all? I think th- I think over 162 games, if they did it all over again and they started today with this group, they are a 500 team. Now, they won't have this group next year. Hopefully, John Stanton will spend some money. They'll go get the Toronto Blue Jays second baseman or everybody that they want. But they, I think as constituted, they are not the Pied Piper that everybody is going to just assume that they are because they were 90 and 72. Because yeah. I think when you dig beneath the surface, they were just fortunate in a lot of ways. I think they've got a, a, a holes in their rotation. They clearly, I mean, I just... Told you they were two. They were the thirtieth ranked batting average right. team in all of the sport, and they can't hit at home. They've got they've got things to do, and yeah. if they don't do some dramatic things, I think we're in for an exciting anticipatory year. But I don't know that it's going to live up to what you think it's going to be. Now, I will say about Jared Koenig, I will say about Jared Koenig, if you gave me a chance at the Snoqualmie Casino or in Vegas, the Mirage, wherever, to bet on. Jared Kelnick next year, uh-huh. I think he's going for 30 home runs next year. 
You do? Yeah, I think he's going for 25-30 minimum. If, wow. he, if he stays healthy and he plays the, whole, well, plays the whole year, yeah. I'm not saying he's going to hit 300. Yeah. He seems to really have come on. He's got confidence. I think he's going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. I think he's going to drive in runs. I think Logan Gilbert's going to be pretty good, maybe even better than pretty good. So I think there's – I'm excited, okay. I, I'm, I'm, but I'm – I'm tempered. My enthusiasm is a little more tempered than everybody who's saying, they made it to the final day of the year, Mitch. Right. That means they're going to be great next year. And they're young and they're coming on. They need to do some things. Sure. Oh, and yeah. then and then the Seager thing is kind of interesting to me because, because did you see them take him out of the I game after? Oh, uh, not, a, not a dry eye in the house. I know. Yeah, he, especially him. It was, it was almost like they were telling us he's not going to be back next. Like this is the end. Wasn't that wasn't almost? That, but he's got a year left on his contract. There's a club option for, for twenty million dollars. Yeah, okay, you're not going to do that. But do you know right now? Right. I mean, you haven't even gotten to the offseason. Are we now? He had thirty-five home runs in under RBI. Now, before people start giving me a hard time, I know he had barely hit two hundred, and he was bad in the second half of the season. I get it, and he's eighty years old. I get it. He hit thirty-five home runs. He drove in a hundred runs on a team that was offensively challenged, I would think that you... I'm not saying you pick up the $20 million deal, but I would think that on the last day of the year, the previous year, you don't already know... I know. That you're, that you're, that you're shoving him out the door. What if he came to you and he said, you know what, don't pick up my option, but I love it here in Seattle. I've made $100 million on my contract, which he has, yeah. almost $100 million. I don't need the money, but we love the family. I got small kids. I'll, I'll play for $5 million. What if he said that to you? Of course, you're are taking you, a heartbeat. Are, are you not going to? Well, I don't know about a heartbeat, but some Five people. Five million would, for Seager? I don't know. <laughs> if he said, I'll, I'll DH or I'll be a bench player or yeah. whatever, I'll be a pinch hitter. I'll, I mean, I, I, don't, the exact I, I don't know. Same that, thought you I don't, did, I don't know that he's going to do that. Of course, he's probably not going to do that. His agent's going to say, hey, you hit 35 home runs and 100 RBIs. I'm not signing you for $5 million. I want my. I want a commission. I know what you're saying, though. But you don't know. You don't know what he's – they're chewing him out the door before the season ends. I had the same thought. It's just a foregone conclusion that, that – Well, let's see. What if he says he wants to work for free, like you said? I mean, if, he wants to pay you. That's exactly right. I don't know. <laughs> but it did seem kind of bizarre that yeah. we've all just decided that he's just not a Mariner. Now, maybe we're missing – I don't know. Am I missing something? Did he already come out and say I'm not coming back or something? I mean, he, yeah, I thought he that has was kind of weird. I haven't, I haven't heard from the Mariners is what he says. I haven't heard from the Mariners. Okay. I haven't heard from the Mariners. Okay. Yeah. That's probably not a good sign. What I, I was sitting there thinking, you know, the guy who made the final – you know who made the final out of the season for the Mariners? No. Mitch Haniger, of all people, made oh, the final he did. out. Okay. After that Saturday night performance, that was uh, that was one of – with Ken, including Ken Griffey Jr.'s and Randy Johnson's and Edgar Martinez's and all the rest – when you consider what was on the line on that Saturday night yep. game and his performance, four hits, the big hit with the three-two and the two outs and the bases loaded, Insane. that was one of, I think, one of the great moments for a, a batter in Seattle Mariner history. Fair. Okay, yep. And that caps off. Look at his year. That caps off like a thirty-something home run 39, year, I think, thirty-nine yeah. home run year. I would have because we knew at that point the Red Sox had won and the main game in. I would have sent him up to the bat and then pinch hit for him and make the announcement and let him take a what, – what a year yeah. he had, a comeback. He didn't no even kidding. play last year. Right. But I, but I think that they would have been afraid that that would have diluted the Seeger moment a few moments earlier. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, that's no, probably know. true. What a, what a big moment for him. I mean, two outs, 
Everything your, oh. your season's on the line essentially. And by the way, they're talking about not having him back. Right, there was trade talk a couple months ago about him. You remember the whole year? There's been trade talk. <laughs> right, let's get something. And if you don't, and, and and by the way, the foregone conclusion with him was if you don't trade him before the deadline, you're certainly going to trade him in the off season. Real, really? Right, I know. I so know. let me get this straight. We're letting we're pushing 35 home runs out the door. Yeah. And we're le- and we're going to trade 39 home runs right. on a shit offensive team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right, I'll temper my enthusiasm a bit. I'll be with you. I'm not telling you to be not be enthusiastic. They are clearly an interesting, fun group that has a chance with the right offseason decisions to be a contender next year. But I think that this, the fool's gold I was discussing on whatever podcast you heard is, if we think that we're just going to take the majority of this team and do very little to it, and, and, and put it into the starters gate next year and think yeah. 90 and 72 next year, they'll all be a little bit better and it's going to be a 95 win season. I think that is fool's goal. They okay. have to do some things and not one thing. They need to do two or three things with that rotation and the middle of that lineup. They need some, they need some studs. Well, I know they're going to get Kyle Lewis back and I get, I get all that, but, and, um, Evan White, I don't know what kind of player he is, but yeah. whatever. Remember when the Seahawks beat Maybe the— Maybe bring Kevin Mather back. The, the, I was thinking about him, though. He's got to sit and watch this town on fire for a yeah. team he was yeah. running, what, five, six months yeah, ago? Yeah, I see him all the time. You, oh, you still do? Yeah, I do. Do you remember when the Seahawks beat the Saints? I can't remember what year it was. It was with Hasselbeck and Pete Carroll. It was like one of the—I think it was the only year Hasselbeck and Pete Marshawn Carroll. Marshawn Lynch? Was that the Beastquake game? I don't know okay. what game you're talking well, about. The playoff game was when was the Beastquake yeah. game. Yeah. So they beat the Saints. They were the, seven and nine, and they won their right. division, and, and they, they had the home but, game. Yeah. I, do you look at it kind of the same way as like because after they won that that playoff game, people were like, "Oh, look at us! We, we won a playoff game." But then they made huge changes in the offseason. I don't. They didn't bring Hasselback. Don't back recall. And, I don't recall the feeling around that team. I think people were excited. Like, look, we just won a playoff game. Yeah, but then they made we're a million this close. Changes. They weren't even. They weren't even similar. Exactly right. Yeah, That's. Yeah, I'm wondering yeah. if it's kind of the same thing. No, I don't think so. Okay, because I think this is the you see the core of the team. You don't have to make that drastic of changes for the Mariners. No, you just need to add some really big. Not only big pieces, expensive pieces, and pieces that are going to be hard to add. Right. I, I don't think they're standing in line to come to Seattle. Right. Yeah, I, they're going to look at what that team hit in Seattle as a team. I'm just saying. All right, Seahawks. Oh, they played too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they won. They did. They were desperate. How'd they look in the first half of that game? How'd the offense look in the first half of that Brutal. game? Brutal. Was there five three and outs in a row? They didn't get their first first down until 4:40 was left in the f- second oh, quarter. Man. Second quarter. Woo. They played 15 plus 11. They played nearly 26 game minutes without getting a first down, and they looked absolutely man. That offensive line looked manhandled. Mm. They couldn't run it. They couldn't protect him. By the way, if you dropped a Martian from out of space who had never seen football in his life and he watched Russell Wilson's performance in the first 26 minutes of that game, yeah. he would have said, this guy's terrible. Right. This guy doesn't have a future or a past. Right. He was he was jittery. He couldn't get the ball off. No. He When he did get the ball off, he was high. He was erratic. I mean, it was the most – literally, I thought the first 26 minutes was the worst performance by, a Russell, by Russell Wilson I've seen since he's become a pro. That's how bad it was. Okay. And then something turned around. Something turned around. And they got a little drive going at the end of the half. They got seven. They tied the game. Yeah, there that. was a big little a little dump-off pass to Alex, Alex Collins. Sparked that just sparked them. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they came out in the second half, and I don't know what they ate. It was like the when Harry met Sally scene. 
Right. I'll have what you, I'll have what she's having. Yeah. They did something at halftime because all of a sudden the line protected them a little bit and they opened up some holes for some running game. They moved the ball. I mean, it was like two different teams that play two different offensive units that played in the first half and the second half. That that muffed punt or kickoff, whatever, by Cannon, I, th- I think that really helps the momentum too. A lot of things. You, there was one time where they went off sides on the punt. Right. Yeah. And they gave us a first down yeah. to continue the draw. Oh, there was a huge some some just some incredible things. And it was um I don't know. So Russell Wilson's performance in the first half is the worst, one of the worst you've ever seen by him. 26 minutes of the first half. The, okay. se- the last drive was good, but right. he looked terrible in the first 26 minutes. But the second half, you had to have been impressed. He was great. Incredible. It's great. The, the, the scramble was great. Even the ball that he threw to DK Metcalf on the right sideline that Metcalf dropped. Yeah. The long ball yep. right in the breadbasket. Perfect throw. Yeah. He, uh, his pirouette, routine. but his offensive line started to play. Oh, that was unbelievable, unbelievable. getting away. Yeah, the whole thing. No one makes. He that was play. a Hall of Famer in the second half, right. but he was yep. he was not even a third stringer in the first half. But the offensive line was no good either. So uh, a really big win, a really big win, boy. If I'm a 49ers fan, not that anybody cares, I'm really worried. Can I give you a few comments from the old 49er message board? I'm really worried. Trey Lance showed, and I know that he brought him down at the end and scored, but. Well, they, that was, they, yeah. they seem – he does not seem ready. That offense does not yeah. – I mean, that was a – and I don't want to take away – I don't want to take away from the Seahawks' defense because the Seahawks' defense, even though they gave up well over 400 yards to they that did. team, the Seahawks' defense played better this week. Again, I think George Carl once told me when he first came to town in between bitching me out about everything, he told me, Mitch, sports is about matchups. Mm. Just because A beats B – and B beats C doesn't mean A is going to beat C. C. Yeah, I have friends otherwise, who still bet that way. <laughs> uh, otherwise, sports would be not interesting. It'd be too predictable. That's right. Yeah. It's about matchups. And what I've said all along, and I said before the season started, the Seahawks are going to have problems with dynamic passing offenses. Good receivers and a good quarterback. Yep. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen last week, combined with Kirk Cousins, that's exactly – Ryan Tannehill, Brown, and Julia, Julio Jones, and – this coming Thursday night, they're going to face a Rams team that's now been embarrassed at home by the Cardinals. They're coming in with Matthew Stafford and 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 uh, Cooper Cup and oh, yeah. and Robert Woods and you know, but but the 49ers, to my eye, did not have the talent positions offensively nope. to take advantage. And then we saw Sidney Jones no more. No more Trey Flowers, at least yep. on this Sunday, although Trey Flowers found a way to have a penalty on a special teams. <laughs> on a special Don't teams sell play. him short. He found a way He's to He's going to get, get his name in the statistics exactly in the box right. score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, they were desperate. We didn't. I mean, you look at the how the 49ers scored. That that one to. It was a Debo. Sa- I don't know. I want to know who was at fault on that. Was that Jamal Adams? I he think point- it was Marquise Blair. Really? He was pointing to Marquise Blair. Okay. I think if you asked was- Jamal Adams, yeah, yeah, right. I must confess <laughs> it was his fault. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, t- you could probably take it. I mean, that was a cheap one. And then the one at the end of the game, I mean, you know, prevent. Really, they scored one touchdown, essentially, against. Right early in the game. Uh, early in really, the game. Really early yeah. in the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, the defense played better. They got a I mean, turnover. They got I'm pick. not ready to say Sidney Jones is the albeit. I mean, he got beat a couple of times, and they gave up some yards in the passing game or whatever. But, again, you're not really going to know about this defense until they play teams that are explosive and dynamic in their passing game right that's the only way you're going to find out really yeah so, but so, it was a good it was a good win for the Seahawks they really needed that because five they were five days as I pointed out they were five days away from being one and four I know I mean what are the chances that you're going to be sticking a fork in the Seahawks after five games sad but it wasn't the case so they're two and two and 
I don't know if you give him a chance on Thursday night. Now the Rams come in here licking their wounds. I, I watched that game on one of the TVs, and I just could not believe what I was watching. Okay, well, The Cardinals were 10 times better oh. than the Rams. How can the Cardinals be? They were 10. Aaron Donald couldn't go from here to there. Really? Yeah. Huh. Kyler Murray just chewed up the Rams. Like we've been watching the Rams for yeah. the last four weeks saying nobody's going to beat them. They beat Tampa by like a million. And then the Cardinals go to L.A. and just wipe the field with the Rams. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Three days ago, I saw the line for the Rams and Seahawks game. You had already seen it, yeah. Before the Seahawks beat the Niners. And at that point, I'm thinking the Rams, they're just unbeatable. The Rams are favored by one and a half in Seattle. And that's when the Seahawks are one and two. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to put my house on the Rams at minus one and a half. Well, it, but not anymore after the Cardinals. Just, what are you talking about? If they were one and a half before these two games, is that what you're saying? I don't know. I, I'm just saying the Rams looked unbeatable before yeah, the Cardinals. Yeah, but they were one and a half before they played the yeah. Cardinals and before the Seahawks beat the 49ers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, the Seah by, by that, the Seahawks should be favored now. Right? Because the Seahawks beat the 49ers yeah, and the Rams yeah, yeah. the city. So now you're going to get a you're going to get a deal. But that's I know, like but the Rams the, just got their asses yeah, kicked. My whole point is that's, that's unbeatable. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but they're not good. They're, yeah, they're, they're no, not they, unbeatable. That's the way the NFL works. I guess, yeah. This is like you walking into a store to buy something, and just as you're getting in there, they mark down the price by 50. So you're like, <laughs> oh, what a country. <laughs> Yako Smirnoff. I once got a pair of boxers at Nordstrom's for a penny. It was some glitch in the system, and I wanted to go buy 12 more. Unbelievable, Unbelievable. right? Unbelievable. What a country, yes. <laughs> By the way, you see the record that uh, Russell, well, not a record, but Russell passed which former Miami Hurricane quarterback for 17th all-time on the NFL's passing touchdowns list? There were so many great quarterbacks. Well, I don't yeah. know. Vinny? Here, there you Bernie, go. First one, Bernie, Vinny. Vinny. Yeah. yeah, 17th. Gino? <laughs> G yeah, Gino was definitely one. Yeah. He won the Heisman, I think. Did he win the Heisman? Keith Erickson. What is Erickson's name? Uh, Craig. Craig Erickson. Yeah. Very good. I'm the sports guy around here. Just yeah. come to me. <laughs> and I know when the stadiums are going to sell out. Just come to me with that kind of stuff. Anyway. Hey, the Seahawks got their first I gave you your credit for the thing. No, I say I was completely wrong. I can't mm. believe that they went from 17,000. Now I want to say, where were you on Thursday, uh, Wednesday night, everybody? Yeah. You can only get 11,000 in there on Wednesday night, and then you... Talk about, you know, if you really wanted, if you were in another city and you really wanted to take shots at Seattle, you would say fair, you want fair, what well, you want the, if you want to, if you want the dictionary definition of a fair weather sports town, yeah. it's a town that on, on the, the 158th game of a team that's 18 games over 500, getting 11,000 to the, and then they come for 40 or 40, 50,000 on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when they're playing for a, but we've been beaten False down. equivalent. I mean, yes, they haven't had been in the playoffs. But it is a little fair weatherish that we only got 11,000 on Wednesday night. I mean, if it was 25,000. But aren't all teams fair weatherish? Not 11,000 when you're 15 games over five. There's not many baseball cities where they would have gotten 11,000, 15 games over 500 with three games to play. Okay, but. Had any of those teams not made the playoffs for 20 years? I get it. In fact, I get it. You, you have, have an excuse. You have an excuse. A bit, yeah. You've you been beat excuse. down a little bit. You have yeah. an excuse. Okay, good. Yeah. I like I having excuses. Let me see. Did I get everything on the Seahawks? If I never see Rashad Penny again in my life, <laughs> I won't okay, suffer. fine. I got that. Alex Collins, man. He ran inspired. Forget a, that one pass. Had I mean, a better looked, game than my man, Chris yeah. Carson. But, you know, I mean, it was a hard game. It was a really hard game in that in that from that standpoint and Alex Collins had a very the run for a touchdown was really good the great. catch was really good yep. he ran in spot 
can you just get Rashad Penny away yeah, from know, here? Just we don't need him anymore. Experiment and is he worked. and CJ Procise the exact same person? Yes, they are. Are there two different people? No. Maybe this is like Squatch with you and I. He used to think <laughs> that you and I were the same. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talked about uh, never seeing Rashad Penny again. Um, will we ever again have a decent return game with the Seahawks, like a punt hmm. return or or a kickoff return? When you say ever again, give me the last good one. We had Devin Hester here for a half a minute. Okay, well, yeah, you know, for a postseason prime. run. Give me somebody who was a factor. Joey Galloway was great uh, in '94. Yeah. Okay. Um, Percy Harvin was unbelievable. Maybe the best in the game. He took one back in the Super Bowl for okay. the start of the second. When he half. was on the field, yes. But we haven't. I mean, it's been a while. There, there is a little what? short guy what? that I'm missing around 2011. Little Ra- Rogers. Little uh, no. Yeah, you're thinking a little Rogers. He would peel off like a 65 yard or get caught from behind and come up holding his hamstring. <laughs> But he was, he was, I a, think he there was, was a Rogers. Look up the name Rogers. I think there was a, ro- a little, that's not who I'm Freddie thinking Rod, not Freddie. Carlos Rod. Rogers, maybe? not Carlos Rogers. No, he was a defensive back. Ah, uh, right. someone will know this guy. I'll, I'll look it up. I don't know if you're break. talking about the same guy. He but. was like the last one I could think of that was, a, maybe, maybe he was a charger. I don't know. What do you think when you're getting, when the punt is in the air to the Seattle Seahawks? Oh. What, as a Seahawks fan, <laughs> what are you saying to yourself when a random punt is in the air and you're about to catch it? And it's freaking Freddie Swain. And I don't mean any disrespect to Freddie Swain. He's a lovely guy, I'm sure. They just, you know, they just never, they never seem to have anybody who you you feel like could 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 take one back to the house. No, you don't. It's always like, just fair catch it. Just so you don't drop it. Don't fumble it. You know, some way, some, but like, I don't know. I think I saw DJ Dallas returning kicks. He was. Yeah, he does. That's who returns I mean, kicks. I think he's got something in him as a nice running back, but is he the burner that, I mean, he's no burner. I, I think it's more. Why than, do they do that? Yeah, you know, well, I think it's more than just the return guy. I think it's just the whole, the blocking, the system, the units. I don't know. We haven't had a, I say we, I, I don't know. Yeah. Wait, Broussard, something maybe? Steve. He was a Washington State Cougar, yeah. Was, was he on the Broussard? team in like 2010 or 9? Or? Oh, Broussard, it's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's not him. He All goes right, back to it. the kingdom days. Oh, he does. Okay, forget it. I'm glad to see Dunlap and Taylor return. They had some late injuries that I was worried about, yeah. but they both came back. That yeah, was yeah. great. By the way, the, the single-digit thing, I know you've complained about. I honestly was like, well, that's the biggest cornerback I've seen in my I didn't know who it was. I was like, who is this guy? Is he a oh, DB? Are about Carlos Dunlap? Yeah, I forgot he changed his number. Four <laughs> weeks later, you're, still, you're now just noticing well, that? If he'd make a play, and I'd see him every once in a while. Okay. But it caught me off guard. I was like, wait a minute, who's yeah. that laying there? Well, he was, yeah. he was hurt. He was hurt. And then the last thing I'll say, and, and then we'll do the other stuff segment after the three interviews, the last thing I'll say is, were you watching when, when George Kittle, the 49ers tight end, got hyper, got bent backwards? Oh, I was in the restaurant and I saw it on the Did TV. Did you see it? It was terrible, okay. yeah. That guy came back into the game like one play later. And I was saying to myself, if that were me, there would have been like two parts of my leg, one on the 50 and one on the four. My leg would have come off out of my body. That's right. It went and cracked in half like a wishbone of a chicken. Yep. That guy and and I was I'm just pointing this out because I think sometimes we take for granted the kind of conditioning these guys are in the kind of flexibility these guys. Right. Did you see that? But he just he merely won off the off the side and came back and jogged back the next play. I was like, right. oh, are you kidding me? That guy looked like his knee was going to come out of his like there was going to be an open leg on the on the field. It's equivalent to you stubbing your toe on on the corner of your bed 
You'd be like, ow, then you keep moving on with your no, life. I don't think so. I, I think I'm, I'm, on sh- I'm on the shelf for a couple <laughs> of days. You're on the shelf, right. I, I got like Fred Flintstone's toe. You know, when he used to stub his toe and it would like, It'd wah, throb. Yeah, yeah. wah, wah. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. I told Piper, guys. I go, look, that's why you stretch before games. I mean, you got to be Did you limber. see he went one way? His oh. Knee, oh. And then he, he was playing the next play? Crazy. These guys are not, I know. They're not aliens. Not human. No. Not human. Okay. That's it. Three interviews and then uh, other stuff? Let's do it. If you've listened to Mitch Unfiltered, then you know. You know by now that Jordan Flowers and his squad has changed teams to cross-country mortgage, which means even better opportunities at your fingertips. And here he is, Jay Flo himself, Jordan Flowers. How are you, Jordan? Hey, I'm doing great, Mitch. Thank you so much. It's been a fun and active summer with this transition. I've talked to so many of your patrons and listeners that have followed us and been able to connect with us since we left. But uh, we are just learning so much more about this company than we even knew as far as products and what we're able to offer our clients and quick closings. And it's been phenomenal. Give us an example. You and I were talking before we started to record. Give me an example of something that you can do now, a product that's at your fingertips now that wasn't there with the other guys? Yeah, uh, we have a construction to perm product that has really been hard to get just for anybody locally. Banks have backed out on true custom construction loans. Most independent mortgage bankers don't have it. And we have it here. And it's one of the best I've seen since the early 2000s. I was talking to the head of the construction department just yesterday on a $1.4 million deal in Montana. And there are some really fantastic, unique things about our product that really make buying that lot and building that dream home a reality for people, including being able to finance in your payments during a construction. So you don't ever have to make a payment during construction. It just gets accounted to the actual loan balance, as well as a lot of the issues tend to come down to draw requests with builders and getting their subcontractors paid quickly. Mm-hmm. We pay out based off the budgeted line item on the proposal versus having to submit invoices and receipts and then go through the process of paying out so a lot of great things here and you roll straight into a permanent 30-year fixed in the three to three and a quarter range right now so fantastic 30-year fix for it and if you're just in the market to refinance and and get better numbers on your current 30-year fix what are they and why would people that are sitting around with four percent interest rates why are they not making the call to you or somebody like you to explore their options? Well, if they're sitting in the high threes or above four, they've probably heard maybe I talked to your patrons too long, maybe, (laughs) who knows. But it's a fantastic time to refinance and rates are still in the mid to upper twos to low threes, depending on your situation. And it's a great time to tap into equity in the home if you've been putting off those home projects or you're wanting to go on a trip or invest or just have money ready to put into this crazy market. And I implore everybody to give me a call if you're thinking about refinancing mid threes or above, even low threes, depending, and you want to shorten the term. Mm -hmm. It's just the time to do it. And the Fed came out and said that they're going to maybe start tapering here soon, which could have impact on mortgage-backed securities and interest rates. So it's the time to do it. Phone number. You can always reach me on the cell, 425-890-2957. 425-890-2957. That's uh, Jordan Flowers and his team now, the Kirkland office of Cross Country Mortgage, great partners of Mitch Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Five-man pressure. Wilson has Metcalf. Metcalf lunging 
and he's in for the touchdown. Wilson under immediate pressure, somehow gets away, throws end zone, it is caught! Touchdown, Freddie Swain! Seattle recovers, they can salt the game away. A bounder, and the Seahawks have it. Freddie Swain will corral it at the 46. What happened today was uh, was really, hopefully, really important for us. Is we just we talked about how we were going to keep hanging no matter what happened. We were going to keep hanging and keep hanging. It didn't matter what the, what the game felt like or looked like, and we we needed every bit of it before it was over. Seahawks no table time. Taco time Northwest continues its search for good people who enjoy fast-paced work. Signing bonuses. Up to five grand, lots of perks, free meals for families and friends. TacoTimeNW.com slash careers. I'm bitter. I'm a very bitter host to the Seahawks No Table. Joe Fan is the KP, and it's one of these things where you have to take out the tape measure, take out the flag in the, in the hole to see who's closer. I don't get it, Joe. I don't get it. You got it on a, on a two-point conversion? Let me tell you, uh, my picks have been good this year. And, you know, you had a nice shot, and we gave you a little golf clap on the tee box, and I just stuffed <laughs> one in uh, right inside you. Joe had 27-24. I had 24-20. It comes out 28-21, so he wins by a point. We won't talk about what you had, Brady, because you didn't believe the desperate players, desperate teams sometimes <laughs> win in desperate situations. Why do you think the uh, the Seahawks won? Did they win because Jimmy G went out of the game, Brady? No, I don't think that. I mean, that certainly it might have helped, but I don't know. They were handling Jimmy G pretty well uh, before that, and that was interesting because that's a very different style of quarterback that they had to adjust to in Trey Lance. But oh, I think they won because their defense kept them in it and their offense woke up in time. You know, we always talk about why a team wins or loses, and I always you know have to be the voice of the lone voice of reason on this entire planet uh, at least on this show and say that and say that teams win or lose for multiple reasons and i think this was a uh, this was this was a, a team win that that start was about as bad as you could imagine on offense and it was just miraculous that they were you know tied 7-7 at halftime after going three and out on their first five possessions and so their offense woke up and their defense kept them afloat um before that happened the story of the game for me joe if you if you want to boil it down to one thing but I, i'm in agreement with brady there are multiple reasons why a team wins a football game i get it but if you want to boil it down for one thing for me it was the difference between the play of the offensive line in the second half and maybe that last possession of the first half to the first 26 minutes I mean, that offensive line's performance in the first 26 minutes was horrendous. It was just paralyzing. To me, that was the biggest story of the game. How about you, Joe? Yeah, I do think that it's funny that Brady says he's the only voice of reason on the show, but he is a, he's a voice of reason without a KP, so oh, he's a losing voice of reason. Yep. And the schmutz, once again. Uh, it would be the schmutz. I, it's the schmutz, <laughs> not the schmutz. Schmutz. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as Brady mentioned, it, it was hard to draw up a more horrific start to the game than, than what they had uh, out of the gate. You, your first couple of possessions go three plays, six yards, punt, three plays, minus four yards, punt, three plays, minus five yards, punt, three plays, minus five yards, punt, three plays, one yard, punt. That's five drives without a single first down, and then they come alive again with that six-play 80-yard drive 
to end the first half. They didn't allow a sack um, in the second half of the game. And, you know, you see how much of a difference it makes. And you get that, you know, the one vintage Russell Wilson play where, you know, he spins out of a would-be sack and then finds Freddie Swain for the 13-yard touchdown. I mean, that, that's what we're, we're used to seeing. Um, I don't think we've seen a ton of that sort of magic from him so far this season, although there have been a number of, of highlights. I think, you know, he used his legs more than, than we've seen early in this year. You know, this four carries for 26 yards, but a couple of real big ones, obviously, including the 16-yard touchdown. So a very impressive game, a game they had to win. You couldn't go to one and three um, with the Rams coming to town five days later. Um, and it, even though it didn't start pretty, uh, it wasn't necessarily pretty um, across the board. Your defense did enough and took steps forward. And all things considered, this is a pretty comfortable win. Brady, I know Dwayne Brown talked to you guys after the game. Any explanation to how bad the offensive line was at the beginning of the game and for the first quarter and a half to how sound that same offensive line was in the second half? Any adjustments? Well, Dwayne Brown didn't quite say this, but Pete Carroll kind of alluded to it that Wilson was putting them in better situations with, you know, at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, I think it's, look, Dwayne Brown talked about how he wanted them to start running the ball more. That's obviously hard to do when you're only when you're going three and out every time. But I think Brown's point was we wanted to run the ball to slow down that very good pass rush. You know, because as much as people, a lot of analytics people hate the idea of running the ball. Offensive players and offensive linemen in particular will tell you that you know running the ball it, it helps out with the it, it helps neutralize the pass rush because you give those guys something else to think about. And you know the pass protection was better in the second half, but that would have been another sack on Wilson had he not spun out of one, uh, you know, when Dante Johnson came off the edge on a blitz there. That was one of the, it, it was one of, just one of those classic Wilson plays where you just say, you know what, that's a play that there's only a small handful of people on this planet could make. It wasn't just the, the spinning out of it, which is something that you, you know, used to see Wilson do earlier in his career with regularity. It was also, you know, throwing off of his back foot with his momentum carrying him towards the sideline, didn't get his feet set, and he throws it almost 30 yards on a rope to Freddie Swain, puts it where only Swain could get it right before his momentum carried him out of the end zone. So well, I think Wilson, I think he said that play is in his personal top 10, and I would not disagree with that. Just really quick to chime in, if I'm, if I'm looking at this correctly, the Seahawks didn't have a single first down on a drive they didn't score on. So they had four touchdown drives, uh, and everything else was a three and out. Seven three and outs, and they won a football game on Sunday, which is pretty remarkable. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Do you think they win if Jimmy G plays in the second half, Joe? Yeah, I do. I I think Trey Lance had his moments. I mean, Jimmy was part of the reason why the Niners weren't up by more going into halftime. I mean, if you're you're looking at that that game from Seattle's side, you're grateful to be tied 7-7 going into halftime locker rooms. The Niners certainly feeling like they left opportunities out there, left points out on the field. And that's dangerous, and you're playing a good football team. And although the Seahawks haven't looked like it in a lot of points this season, they are a good football team, and they have a Hall of Fame quarterback. And if you continually fail to capitalize on opportunities, especially early, early in the game where you can you know, potentially get a two-score lead, that usually comes back to bite you, and it did with San Francisco. Taco Time Northwest, players of the game. The question is, who was doing work? in San That's Francisco right. against the 49ers. And guess who's going first? Me. I'm going first because I don't, don't want any of you guys take to my take guy. my guy. So I'm going first, and I'm taking Alex Collins. 
I knew it. I knew Brady was going to take him. That's what I'm taking Alex Collins. I think he jump-started with that reception in the uh, late stages of the first half. He had some great runs, some tough runs. It was a tough running day, asked Chris Carson. I thought the touchdown run was exemplary. I think Alex Collins has made all of us believe that if we never see Rashad Penny again, it'll be okay <laughs> for Seahawks fans. I say Alex Collins was doing work for taco time in the uh, in the win over the San Francisco 49ers. Joe, you go second. Uh, if we if we go back to August 28th and finding the receipts, uh, I said Alex Collins, RB2. I've been on this train for a while, so oh. pat myself on the back uh, of Don't. getting something right potentially in the day where I got a lot wrong, um, as my betting slips would ju- would would tell you. Okay. Uh, who did work? I think uh, Quandre Diggs did work. Uh, seven seven tackles and an interception, really reading a play over the middle nicely. The Seahawks didn't have an interception, correct, in the first three games of the season. So, yep. um, you know, a big one for them. Uh, the offense didn't, you know, capitalize on the takeaway. But we, we've wanted to see more from this secondary in terms of getting your hands on footballs. And um, there were a number of players who had pass breakups today, but um, Quandre Diggs getting an interception. You don't mean today. You mean Sunday. Brady, go ahead. Go ahead, Brady. I do. Yeah, <laughs> Sunday. Yep. 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 <laughs> Am I allowed to double up and, and if I if, if I promise to make better points about Alex Collins than you made, am I allowed to double up? <laughs> yes, you or are. Or should I? Yes, you are. Sure. Well, uh, then okay. I'll, I'll, Brady's I'll... been prepping for this segment since the game ended. He is he has gone through. He's got a whole spreadsheet of who did the most work. It's funny because Nick Wagoner called me. And he said he went into the bathroom after the game was over, and Brady was in the bathroom in the mirror saying, I think Alex Collins was doing work, and he was doing his whole spiel. He was practicing his whole spiel in the bathroom at uh, whatever they call that place now. Is it still Levi Stadium? I don't know. Levi Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if all that rehearsing uh, pays off here. (laughs) You know who was doing work in this? I'll give you two guys who were doing work. Alex Collins was doing work for one thing, okay? 78 combined yards on 12 touches. Aside from that, he also had a pretty nice block on, on a, uh, a Wilson throw to DK Metcalf that I believe was on that first drive. And their offense basically did nothing. I, be- I think he had their first first down on that 28-yard catch. Four minutes so, and 40 seconds to go in the first half. Yes, first first yeah, down, so, yeah. You know, as much as they wanted to go up-tempo and start running the ball, I mean, you can't, you just can't do anything if you're going three and out. And so talk about giving their offense a spark. And, you know, that 14-yard touchdown run that he has, I've been saying this for a while, and, and Mitch, you haven't been listening to me, but I was proven <laughs> He is a different he is a different runner than he was earlier in his career. He's never been and I don't think he ever will be a burner of a running back. He, he's not a guy who has that, you know, fifth gear, but he is trimmer and as a result, I think he's shiftier and he's quicker than he was earlier in his career. Uh, you know, Carroll talked about this how he's I think he's listed at 210 and and Carroll said that, you know, when he came in the NFL, he was closer to 220 because in, you know, in Carroll's assumption he felt like he had to bulk up to absorb an NFL pounding. And as a result, he just didn't have the shiftiness that he has now. And you really saw it on that 14-yard touchdown run where he's just weaving his way in between the defense and somersaults into the end zone. And so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I've, I've, you know, I think last time we talked about this, I gave something of a defense of Rashad Penny. Um, and I still don't think there's any reason to move on from him. But there's certainly no reason to insert him back into that number two role when he gets 
when he's eligible to come off IR in three weeks if Collins keeps providing sparks like he did in this game. You wanted to give a second player? A shout out? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give I'll give DK Metcalf a nod. He did some work. Oh. He was doing yeah. He was doing work for the second week in a row. And you know, four catches on eight targets and a touchdown and a drop. Yeah, th- this is this was not the most prolific game of Metcalf's career. But you know, on that quick slant that he turned into a touchdown, he did some work there because he had to power through two <laughs> defenders to get into the end zone. And by the way, he was playing through some level of discomfort in his foot. He was coy about it afterwards. Somebody asked him about the foot injury that had him limited in practice one day this week, and he said, I don't know what you're talking about, and he gave a wink. But on the pregame radio show, John Snyder talked about how he was, him and Tyler Lockett were both sucking it up and playing through some pain. So we don't really know exactly how much he was playing through, but it, it does sound like he and Lockett were both playing at less than 100% in this game. I got three things left. Joe Fan. Actually, I got four things left. Joe, Sidney Jones. Was he doing work, or is it too early to tell <laughs> whether Sidney Jones was doing work? Well, I think for the most part, he had a, a decent day. Uh, anytime you mess up your assignment that leads to a 70-yard touchdown, uh, or 76 yards to be exact, um, it's hard to give you too impressive of marks if we're grading his performance, but I liked that it. it was it was something different, and he brings a little fire, a little little edge to him that that maybe Trey Flowers doesn't have or hasn't shown. And so, yeah, I mean, you have seven tackles and a pass breakup is for your first action of the season, having been on the sideline for for the you know, first three weeks. I think he gave them what they needed. Was it spectacular? No. Was there a huge mistake? That they're lucky didn't cost them more, absolutely. Um, but I think there was enough there to say, like, all right, we can build on this. Brady, I, I guess Joe just an- answered my next question. We are all now convinced it's now been determined that Sidney Jones was at fault on the blown coverage that led to the San Francisco touchdown. Is that right? That Jamal Adams was pointing. I thought it was. I thought he was pointing at Marquise Blair. Is it Sidney Jones? That's that's what I believe, yeah. And, and we asked Carroll about, you know, the cornerback play, and he said there was a huge bust. You know, Sidney Jones was the only cornerback in the area there, and, and I think there was some other reference to – I thought Marquise um, Blair was in the area, no? Well, I mean, I don't know. Now that's – he's nickelback, so I don't know. If he, I, I'm not sure. It's it, The question was about Sidney Jones and the cornerback. So, so I, he yeah, was at and, fault. And, Sidney Jones was at fault. Well, I – yeah, I, to some degree, at least to some degree, yes. And he talked about how his recognition needed to be better um, on that play. And so uh, okay. there, I, I will pass. Yeah, so the yes, the upshot is that I believe I, may, he may not have been the only person at fault, but um, it does sound like he was slow to react to, to something that he saw there. And so I will pass along a, a pretty funny moment um, in the postgame press conferences because a reporter was trying to ask Quandre Diggs the same question that you just asked me. And he said, what is Sidney Jones supposed to do on that play? And Quandre Diggs shook his head and said, do you think I'm a snitch? <laughs> so the implication is that he wasn't going to snitch on Sidney Jones for Are you screwing a snitch, up on that play. Brady? I'm a, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and snitches don't get stitches on the Mitch Unfiltered uh... podcast. Yeah, Brady, I can see it. Bray's a finger pointer. It wasn't his fault. It was uh, make sure the bus is rolling over somebody else. I must confess it was his fault. Brady, 
Injuries, please. Anything coming out of this game that we should know about? Uh, we'll wait and see what happens with Carlos Dunlap. He went down a couple times, and Pete Carroll said it was a toe. Uh, he jammed his toe both times. Here's a, an interesting one. So Jamarco Jones was going to start again in this game, according to Pete Carroll, and then he started feeling ill Saturday and again pregame Sunday, and it was the same thing that had him in and out of the lineup last week in Minneapolis. Carroll said it's not covid uh, but they don't know what it is. It's some sort of stomach illness that's giving him an upset stomach, and apparently he was throwing up again. So um, that's why Cedric, oh boy, he started in this game, and, and we'll see what that means for Jones uh, on a short week. But those were the only issues that we heard of, and, and we'll also see what happens with Gerald Everett. He did not play in this game because he didn't have, you know, he still needs two negative COVID tests um, in, in 24 hours apart in order to come off the COVID list. And, it, it, you know, if he had tested positive or, excuse me, negative Saturday, that would have created a very interesting scenario because, as Carol said, you know, they would have had to send a jet to take him on a private jet <laughs> to, to the Bay Area to see if he could test negative again on Sunday. And, and here's one else. Here's another thing, because I don't think we talked about this last time. The Seahawks test their players for COVID twice a week. That's one more time than the NFL mandates that each team test its players. So this Gerald Everett tested negative on Monday when the rest of the team tested, and then he tested positive on Wednesday. So think about that. If the Seahawks had not tested again Wednesday, they didn't have to. Gerald Everett would have been in all those meetings. He would have been in the flight or on the flight to San Jose. He would have been in this game. And wow. that, you're, you could be wow. talking about a huge outbreak of, of COVID heading into a Thursday night game that they avoided by testing wow. twice a week. Good information. Now tell me if D. Eskridge is going to play on Thursday night against the Rams because I'm sick and tired of on a Monday or Tuesday hearing that he's on, on pay oh, He's going to practice on Wednesday. He's cleared. He's all right. And then on Thursday and Friday, I have to read the Brady Henderson, the snitch says <laughs> – says, hey, he's been downgraded to doubtful, and now he's out for the game. I'm sick and tired of it. I want to see D. Eskridge play already. Yeah, I don't know. Pete Carroll doesn't know, clearly. D. Eskridge doesn't know. Nostradamus doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Cleopatra, whatever her name is, the psychic (laughs) on TV, doesn't know. Yeah, that was a weird one because Carroll was – he did sound confident all last week that Eskridge was going to play, and then – he even practiced. He was a full participant on Thursday, and Carroll said he had a great day in practice. And then he, for whatever reason, Carroll said that they just felt like it, it wouldn't be right to, to put him back in this game. So we'll see. Can you send Nostradamus and Miss Cleopatra to Vegas? Because Joey Vegas needs some helps with his picks, I think. It doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm the guy who needs help. <laughs> he, he doesn't look like a man who cashed in this weekend. Joey, what do you got for us? I got nothing. I uh, the Titans uh, ruined me. Congrats to Robert Sala for his first win. I'm a big Robert Sala fan, but uh, they were on I, all. Uh, your, they were on all your teaser bets, or did yeah. you only have one? They were on all of them. You put Tennessee on a, all of them. I did. Oh, yeah. You keyed on Tennessee. All right. Okay. By the way, it's Miss Cleo, and she has she's no longer with us. So. <laughs> Make she rest in <laughs> Just peace. Just to set the record straight, okay. make she rest in peace. Joey Vegas, do me a favor and pull for the Chargers. <laughs> tomorrow night the Chargers are going to decide my weekend I'm going to be there tomorrow how about that I am we I am recording my podcast on Monday morning yeah and I am driving 
to Vegas with one of my coworkers, and we got free tickets, and we're going to go to SoFi Stadium and, and do the dang thing. What do you mean you're driving to Vegas? Don't you live in Vegas? Oh, I mean uh, driving to L.A. Sorry. Oh, the game is in L.A. Yep. Well, have fun in L.A. Root the Chargers. You know, know that if the Chargers get 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 uh, get some action on the teaser, at least there's one winner in this um, in this triumvirate. Well, that's good. It's been a slow start to your season. Very, so Palmy's been taking very, all your money. So very very slow. Very snail's yeah. pace. All right, Brady Henderson in San Francisco or Santa Clara. Brady, travel safe home. Thank you. I will. And Joey Vegas. Thank you, Joey. We'll talk to you guys uh, later in the week as we prepare for Thursday night football. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, guys. Sounds good. So here I am having a good week, feeling all great about myself, and then here she comes. There's no better person to remind me of my limitations than Katie Versio, senior financial planner of our partner, at Evergreen Golf Call. Hi, Katie. Hi, Mitch. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for being back. Three questions more. And the theme today is... Tax reform. So this is a big hot topic in the news this year. The House, just a few weeks ago, recently released updates to their proposed legislation. And this is especially relevant for us. In 2020, Evergreen acquired a tax firm. Mm -hmm. So with the help of Evergreen Sterling Cooter, we put together a few questions. Yes, I knew that. I knew about the acquisition of the tax firm. Let's go. Question number one. I'd like to hit one out of the ballpark. One of these days. All, Go ahead. All right. So the first question, the proposed maximum tax rate is increasing to 39.6% starting at $400,000 for individuals or $450,000 for married couples. What's the current maximum tax rate? Is it 30%, 32%, 37% or 38%? Well, it's not 30. It's either 32 or 37. I'll say 32%. Oh, you sh it was actually 37%. In this proposal, it would go from 37 to 39.6. Okay. Got it. So it's up 2.6% in the highest bracket. Question number two. All right. This, this might be one for you. This is true or false. Oh. <laughs> so this proposal repeals 1031 real estate exchanges, which allows you to sell investment real estate and defer capital gains tax by rolling it into another property. Is that true or false? Sounds true to me. It's actually false. Oh. Yes, it was uh, in the original proposal. They were recommending repealing it, but it is not in this version. So holders of investment real estate can hold a sigh of relief. Okay. I'm 0 for 2. I've got one last shot to get off the schneid and at least hit 333. Go ahead, Katie Versio. Okay, so this proposal recommends increasing the top capital gains rate from 20 to 25%. What is the starting date for this increase under this proposal? So is it starting January 1st, 2021? So going all the way back to the beginning of the year. April 30th, 2021. September 13th, 2021, or January 1st, 2022? September 13th is just too <laughs> obscure of a date for you to throw at me. Where would you come up unless it's your birthday or something? I'm going I'm going September 13th. I'm trying to read you, Katie. All right, well, you got that one. You read me pretty well. <laughs> yes, so that was actually the date that the House released this updated legislation. So... Any gains that are incurred after that date will be effective at the new rate. That's fantastic. All right, I went one for three. And how do we find out some information if we want to know more about the tax firm that you guys acquired several months back? 
Yes. So anyone interested can reach out to me directly at my email, K-V-E-R-C-I-O at evergreengovcal.com or visit our website at evergreengk.com. And GovCall is G-A-V-E-K-A-L. Evergreen GovCall is everything wealth. Unfiltered. Fourth down, Brown now on the move. Anthony Brown is going to throw. It is out of bounds. Incomplete, and Stanford wins. The holder is Luke Losher. The kick, Everett Hayes. Puts Oregon State on top of the Pac-12 North. Taco Time Northwest brings you our filing Chapter 11 chat with, uh, with Rick Neuheisel. I've gone from with friends like you who needs enemies to chapter 11, tacotimenw.com slash careers for a 15-minute virtual interview with potentially huge signing bonuses. I'm not sure I have the words, Rick. I, I'm just, I, I don't know what to say at this I point. Have not, I, I can't <laughs> explain myself either, Mitch. To, as, as I watch the score in Atlanta, come over the ticker. Yeah. And I saw that the Yellow Jackets had given up 28 in the first quarter. I go, Mitch is going to kill me. <laughs> but I've got good news. Next time you and I visit Taco Time, it, it's on me. <laughs> you better buy me one of the locations, not a taco. You need to buy me a whole Taco Time location. I went on my phone to see, okay, let's see how Georgia Tech is doing. They were 14 down, I kid you not, like four minutes into the game. They were 14 down. Right. And it got me to thinking, and, I, and I'm and i serious about this. Rick Neuheisel has been doing regular shtick with me for years and years and years, going back to the radio show. And you've always been very, very good at picking games. Well over 50% against the spread, which nobody's able to do. And now, the one year where Washington State gets gambling on sports, you decide. <laughs> you gave me NC State over Mississippi State, loser. Oklahoma versus Nebraska, loser. Iowa State versus Baylor, loser. Now Georgia Tech, and I think I, I texted you, I'm a rambling wreck over all of this, uh, over Pittsburgh. It only means that there are a, a, a bonanza heading yes, our way. Yes, yes. But here's it the thing. It can only turn... In one direction. Well, here. yeah, and and I'm and by the way, I'm staying right with you. I'm not. I'm not. I am not getting off. You're gonna the love new my pick this uh, week. You're I'm gonna love my off. pick this week. But I. But here's what I think we should try to do. My wife likes to say baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> Can we pick a game where we're just in it? Can we just? <laughs> I don't even want to win anymore. I just want to have. You know something. what? You know what? It's so true. Oh, I sit there and I, 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 I get a car into New York City for the CBS show. Yeah, yeah. And then I drive home and I, I'm, I sit there and I look at the scores. Now, obviously, this score came off earlier, so I was still in the studio. But I'm sitting there going. Oh no, my my buddies Zucker and Jones who do the show with me. What's the matter? I said, I can't even tell you. It's just bad. It's just bad. It's okay because you know why it's okay. About three weeks ago, I think it was the week before Alabama played Florida. I don't know if I've mentioned this to you. I decided that if I was going to go to the casino 
at the Snoqualmie Casino and make my wagers on New Heisel's picks that I would do a few other things while I'm there. I'm not just going to make just... Nice, And nice. I decided a couple of weeks ago... You're going to ride with Alabama? I, I don't care what the spread is. Like last week, I was given 46 to Southern Mississippi last week, and, and they won by 49. I, I, my, my contention is, and I don't have the stats to back this up. Somebody could check this. My contention is... Alabama must be over 500 against the spread in 12 or 13 games every single year. Am I wrong about that? How? No, how, I, 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 I don't know the data, but they have so many good players. And if you saw the pregame show yesterday, of course I'm taking Alabama because they have the best players right. and the best coach. Right. But here's why this could be a compelling matchup. But at day's end, if you give Nick Saban time, to figure out exactly what is necessary to accomplish the task, which is win, it, it's it's uncanny how often he's going to do it. And the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, he just clearly has. If Leonardo da Vinci and Rembrandt were all in a you know art class, they'd say, "Well, we have better materials than the other students in the deal," right? Right. Georgia and Alabama have better materials to paint with than anybody else. And it's hard to it's hard to beat them when they've got the better materials, right? That's exactly right. right. You just sit back and you go, "Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful." So who's the threat? A&M, the 3 A's, A&M, Auburn or Arkansas? Anybody going to give them a game? No. A&M is uh pedestrian. And what's amazing about the A&M story this year is not that they're pedestrian. I mean, they lost their quarterback and who knows whether uh, Haynes King would have been a star before he uh, cracked a bone in his leg. But Jimbo Fisher, with I think before the first game, Mitch, got a $2 million a year raise hmm. to extend the contract, which now he's in his fourth of 10 years, to take the contract back to 10 more years instead of 7.5, 9.5. They felt like they were bidding against an LSU team that they thought would be down and that the old LSU guard would throw the money in the hat to get Jimbo to come back to the Bayou. So they said, we're going to, they bid against themselves. And now two losses in the guy's making a handsome, handsome deal, uh, salary, but it's pedestrian because he doesn't have the same paint mm. that uh, Alabama and Georgia have. So he floats, I'm talking about Nick Saban, he floats all the way to the Georgia SEC championship game. I think so. I mean, they've got, they're going to get challenged. They, there's one little hiccup that may occur. They have Arkansas in the penultimate weekend of the regular season. And that's a big deal because in years past, it's always been kind of a Furman a Western Carolina, uh, you know, some team that's an FCS opponent that comes into uh, Bryant-Denny and gives them a tune-up for the Iron Bowl. Right. This year they have Arkansas, and Arkansas is a worthy opponent. Then they go to Jordan-Hare, which if you study Alabama at all, you realize there's ghosts there. The things that have happened to them there have been bizarro world whether it be the kick six, whether it be the uh, Nick Marshall picking the ball up and throwing it down the field. I mean, it's just bizarre the way they've lost the, you know, the punter lining up as a wide receiver and they got 12 men on the field. They've lost three games in the last, I don't know, four tries that have been weird. So I think that is the only hiccup that is a potential out there for them. Okay. 
Some might say that we've barely hit October, Rick, and we know three of the four Final Four, which may be a stretch, but hear me out. Alabama and Georgia both make it regardless who wins the SEC championship game, especially if Georgia throws everybody under the bus that they they play on the way to the championship game. And then you look at Cincinnati, who you, by the way, I don't think thought was going to beat Notre Dame. They have beaten Notre Dame. They've got nobody on. They're going to be double-digit favorites over everybody the rest of the way. How do we hold a spot away from Cincinnati and, and that group, Luke Fickle and the group? I don't believe Cincinnati makes it. Really? Uh, and and I, I, I think this will be the absolute straw that breaks the camel's back that we have to change the playoff okay. uh, format because I think their schedule is so weak here on out. The only remaining game, at least as we look at it in the future, and we hope SMU continues to hold serve, uh, is SMU. I mean, UCF lost to Navy. Uh, I mean, this is this is a a schedule that's not going to look on its face at all impressive to the committee. Now the Notre Dame game is going to look good, but who knows what it'll look like when we get to actually, you know, making our determinations. I think Notre Dame's going to lose once or twice more. Uh, and at day's end, Indiana has looked, you know, paltry. They got shut out by Penn state 24 to nothing this last weekend. So Cincinnati is going to get all the recognition but at day's end, they won't be there. They'll be a Big 12 champ, a Pac-12 champ, or an ACC champ that based on their schedule and their body of work, quote-unquote, Gary Barta, uh, that's will be the team that will supplant Cincinnati in the Final Four. You threw Pac-12 in there. Yeah. Oregon after – I mean, the only one-loss Pac-12 team it could be would be Oregon, and they lost to – they lost to Stanford. Arizona State goes on a run. Okay, I, I could I could see Arizona State, you know, being Get, getting in the it, Final Four with one, especially loss? if BYU win, ends up an eleven and one team. Now, listen, I don't say that's going to happen, but I think a Power Five conference champion with one loss will beat out Cincinnati. Okay. for for that okay. spot. I just have a hard time. Maybe I'm just. I'm just too close to this past weekend seeing right. a Pac-12 team, even Oregon now with one loss, overcome. Yeah, UCLA all these was other teams. Yeah. was yeah. was horrible. It was it was not good for the Pac-12. No question about it. Should uh, the Big Twelve, you know, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Texas, all looking pretty good. Should USC throw the kitchen sink at Fickle to try to get him there or not? I don't think Luke Fickle's made for California. He's got six or seven kids. He's just, he's a Midwestern guy. I think Cincinnati's going to throw the kitchen sink to keep him. Okay. And they should. Okay. And they absolutely should. Uh, he's been marvelous there. They're going to a Power Five deal. It'll be a very comfortable situation for Luke Fickle. Your dear friend, Hugh Breedlove Millen, used to tell me at KJR. My man. <laughs> he used to tell me a lot at KJR. He used to pull me aside about once every two or three years and teach me about fourth and one. And what he used to say is, Mitch, you understand that all fourth and ones are not created equal. If we have an inch to go for the first down, they're going to call that fourth and one. If we have a yard and four tenths to go, they're going to call that fourth and one. Those two situations are completely different. You don't call a quarterback sneak on fourth and a long yard. You just don't do it, especially, he would say today, if you've got two running backs who are averaging seven yards a carry in that particular game, 
The Washington game, Rick, the other night came down to a fourth and one where right. they tried a quarterback sneak and failed. Well, Hugh is right. They are not created equal. They require, you know, a real information for the coach to get to his play caller if it's not the actual head coach. And a fourth and anything plus one, a quarterback sneaks hard hard money given the emotion of the down. It's the most emotional down in football in that you you sell out. Most people sell out on the down given, and especially at the end of a game, you're going to get a sellout. So as those gaps getting totally encumbered by defenders, you either have to go over the top of it or you have to pry it open or, or play act and make a play out into the flat, especially if you're more than a foot, two feet. And in this particular case, it was probably ill-advised to try to get it via a quarterback sneak, unless you have the ability to go over the top. And that takes a lot of practice. Not every quarterback can do that. Was Rick Neuheisel a good quarterback sneaker? One of the all-timers. <laughs> but but I was not what I would call the uh, – I didn't have multiplicity in my quarterback <laughs> sneak attack. I was as Homer Smith, the great Homer Smith, and I, I miss him dearly. Uh, he's gone now. But Homer would yeah. teach you burrow. You burrow into the A-gap that's unencumbered, and you just kind of keep sliding up in there until you find your way with the ball. Now, remember, there was no replay back when I played, so it was going to take the spot. But a, a quick count, you know, a, a, uh, a snap count advantage where your offensive linemen really get the jump on them is always beneficial, sometimes more difficult on the road, which might have been a case there in, in Corvallis. You have to also be mindful if you're on the road and that snap count isn't as loud as you need it to be because, again, it's emotional down. If you're laid off the ball, you're sunk. Mm. We've got a hell of a game this weekend, Iowa and Penn State. Yes, and we yet game day says not the best game. How How is that not the best? Well, maybe ESPN doesn't have that game. Maybe Fox has they that don't. game. They don't. They that's, don't. That's big noon for Fox. That is exactly why uh, game day will not find themselves. We got Iowa uh, and Penn State. Penn State beginning a gauntlet with uh, Iowa and Ohio State and Maryland and Michigan all coming up in the next five or six weeks. Uh, what do you think about that game, Iowa and Penn State? I watched the uh, Iowa game on Friday night almost in its entirety and what was a, wildly woo. impressed with Iowa yeah. defensively. Yeah. Wildly impressed. Uh, and at home, I think they'll be very difficult to beat. The question is, do they have enough offense there, or do they have to rely on the turnover to give them short fields? If Sean Clifford can play keep away and make Iowa go long fields, then Penn State can win this game, you know, in a 16, 13, 20 to 13 type of fashion. If Penn State turns it over, I like Iowa at home. What happens now with the uh, the Heisman contention and front runner uh, after what happened between Ole Miss? You told me last week the Ole Miss quarterback was the front runner. I, I wouldn't imagine that he still is. No longer. A week later after the uh, performance against Alabama. Who is at this Bryce point? Bryce Young. Bryce Young, Bryce the Young. quarterback for sure. Alabama, will be the, the odds-on favorite. And you know what? He was very impressive. What he has the ability to do is, you know, throw off all multiple platforms. His feet do not have to be set. He's very much Kyler Murray in that regard. The arm talent 
to throw off like an infielder, be able to throw the guy out at first base, going to his left, going to his right, mm-hmm. going, you know, backwards, going forwards. He has all those throws, which is uh, unique for a kid as his age. So uh, hard to imagine someone taking him, uh, taking over that spot because the, the award's so much predicated on an offensive player. But I tell you, Mitch, to watch Georgia play defense is something special. These guys, they, they are a feeding frenzy. I do that game, by the way, for CBS this week. We have a doubleheader. I'm getting to call the game. You are. Uh, out of the, Auburn, they're letting Auburn, you out of the studio. Auburn hosting Georgia at 3.30 on CBS. Do I need to call the producer and tell him about your picks on Mitch Unfiltered? <laughs> Actually not. I'd like to keep that between us. <laughs> what was the story with all the popcorn in the studio on the Lane set? Lane Kiffin yeah. in the pregame put his headphones on like you can see me with mine and, and basically was asked by Jamie Erdahl, well, you've had all these notes about what you learned from Nick Saban. What do you got on the back pages? He says, I just hope I had enough paper to get them all down. He says, but, and he looked right at the camera. He says, get your popcorn ready. And he basically (laughs) threw his headset at the camera. And and you can hear uh, Brad Nessler up there going, "Uh oh, and so Adam Zucker, our TV man in the studio says, we need popcorn and we need it now. (laughs) Have you been following the Wilbon, the Wilbon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is it about Lane Kiffin? He seems to rub everybody the wrong way, Rick. He has very little uh, concern about the impression he makes on people. He's kind of a dry, almost sedate guy, an actual person. Yeah. His social media persona is much more dramatic and savoir faire uh, than what his actual persona is. But in in the words of the social media people out there, he loves to troll. He loves to troll people. And he, I mean, I'll never forget the interactions he and I had over the years, you know, in terms of the milk toast handshake or very, so he's not trying to make friends, but you know what? He calls good football plays. Most often he just didn't this last Saturday because he didn't have the right paint. We found he that had out. The, he had, he had the wrong uh, paint inferior <laughs> materials. Yes. Okay. One ten became two twenty, <laughs> which became four forty. Which in the old days was the old quarter mile, (laughs) just so you know. We're not even to a mile yet, Mitch. Uh, Which, yeah, 440 became uh, 880. Uh, My Syracuse math tells me we're at about 1760 coming up this week. Come on, baby. This is us. We got this one. We got this one. Okay. I'm going to add to the list of potential guys at USC. Kalani Sataki. He's the head coach at BYU. Okay. BYU had a magnificent uh, year a year ago. Of course, everybody thought that would be, you know, one and done because Zach Wilson was off to the NFL. But he is off to an undefeated start again this year, despite the fact that his quarterback, starting quarterback's been hurt. They host Boise State this week. Okay. And Boise State, and as much as I like Andy Avalos, their head coach, they have found ways to lose. I like BYU. I think it's only a one-point line. Come on. I like BYU at home where they beat Arizona State. They're 3-0 against the (laughs) Pac-12. I got to take the Cougars. I'm a desperate football team. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Kalani, I know Kalani loves the job, but Kalani, you know, with that pipeline to all that Samoan and Polynesian talent, I'm just telling you. Is there, a, is there a number where you draw the line? Like if I get there on Friday to the Snoqualmie Casino. Anything, anything less than three, anything you're taking than, this. Okay. Anything less than three, okay. you're taking this. You understand that I got a call from the <laughs> Snoqualmie Casino, and they said, could you could you give Rick Neuheisel a message for us? And I said, sure. Keep it going. <laughs> he said, is there any way he can give three or four choices? Each <laughs> Oh. oh my goodness. <laughs> I, next week we're gonna just throw a dart uh, and see where it lands. Well, 1760 times two is 3520 uh next uh <laughs> next week. Ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest.com slash careers page website. They're looking for a lot of good men and women. You can go ahead and get a 15-minute virtual interview at tacotimenw.com uh, slash careers. Uh, Rick Neuheisel, thank you, Rick. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you when we're winners next week. Who's better than you, Mitch? Take care, <laughs> my friend. Time to talk some pizza, beer, and salads with Zeke's president, Dan Black. How are you, Dan? I'm doing good, Mitch. Thanks. How has the summer gone? Give us kind of a synopsis of what's going on at Zeke's. Summer's been good. You know, the, the main theme there is people are out doing stuff. Our Belltown store, which is a block from the Space Needle, was active with tourists all summer. And so just seeing that kind of normalized activity out there has been great. I hear some huge news is coming down the pike. We've got the footprint south to north, Tacoma to Bellingham, but we're going east. I count 19 locations on the website. Tell us the exciting news about the eastern side of the state. Yeah, no, we just signed a deal in Spokane, so uh, we're excited wow. to be doing a pretty major expansion in terms of geographic footprint and uh, really close to the GU campus over there. We're going to be packed for Zags basketball games, which will be fun, and it's, uh, it's just a cool spot. Is Mark Few welcomed at that location, Dan? He is welcome. I'll give you a warning if he's there so, you, <laughs> so that you don't have to show up. Harvest season. What does that mean? It's coming for beer drinkers, Dan. Yeah, it means IPA drinkers are going to be happy. This time of year, we do what's called fresh hop beer. All the big breweries do fresh hop versions, mainly of their IPAs. And it's really good beer. And we'll, we're going to have a ton of IPAs, both on draft and in cans. And so, uh, including Lateral A, which is kind of our one of our more popular IPAs that you can only get at Zeke's. And so, people are excited about that. And what we learned during the pandemic is you can have that delivered to your door with the pizza. Yep, absolutely. They haven't rolled any of the laws back. So, yeah, beer delivery is still going strong. And uh, like I say, people will be getting these fresh hop IPAs delivered soon. Zeke'sPizza.com or do the easy thing and download the Zeke's Pizza app like we do here in the Levy household. We love Zeke's Pizza. It's homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Jake Martinez competed this past weekend at the Palm Springs Open. It's a U.S. kids tournament. Just a few holes in and he hits a drive he'll never forget. So raise your hand if you're a golfer in our audience still in search of your first ever hole in one. My hand's not raised, but I had to wait a long time for my one and only. But our next guest, who's the youngest on episode 161 and quite certainly the most accomplished 67 million to one odds. I kid you not. 67 million to one odds for what our next guest accomplished a couple of weeks ago. Two 
holes in one in the same golf round. Ladies and gentlemen, and a little birdie has told me in my ear that it's Jake Martinez's birthday in Tucson, Arizona today. Jake, happy birthday. Thank you very much. I'm very glad that I could do this. It's very nice to have you on, Jake. How old are you today? Uh, 12. 12 years old? You had you had two holes in one at 11 years of age? No. Yeah, that was about two weeks ago, I think. Wow. Before we get to that, what are you doing on your birthday? You doing anything fun, anything special on your birthday? Um, yeah, I got a nice birthday basket from my mom and my dad. It had, like, gift cards and candy, so oh. that was really nice, and I'm going to... Head up to Phoenix in a little while. Okay. And are you going to go play golf? Uh, tomorrow, yes. I'm playing in a tournament. Oh, you're playing in a tournament tomorrow. I need to know what's in the basket when you say some gift cards and candy. Uh, that's not good enough. I need to know what kind of candy and if you're going to send me any. Uh, I got Sour Patch Kids, some, like some Sour Strings, and then some Mike and Ikes. Nice. And what's your favorite of the bunch? Definitely Mike and Ikes. Mike and Ikes. So what's better, having a hole-in-one or having a box of Mike and Ikes? Having a hole-in-one. <laughs> September the 18th, you were in California. You're from Tucson. You were at a tournament called the U.S. Kids Palm Springs Open. And you did what everybody would say is the impossible, Jake. So you have to tell us the story. Tell us the whole story when you stepped up to the fifth hole. You weren't doing so well the first few holes, right? Right. So I'm walking up to the tee, and my dad shoots it with the rangefinder, and he says, it's 102 yards. Why don't you hit a pitching wedge? And so I'm a lefty, so when I try and draw the ball, that goes right for me. Mm -hmm. And so he says, aim left and play a draw into the hole. And so I set up, and I hit it, and it takes two hops and then just rolls in. And we're all shocked. (laughs) First ever hole in one, right? Yep. And you saw it go into the hole. So who was the most excited of the group? Either me or my dad or my mom. So dad, he beat, yes, you, to, he beat you to your first hole in one. How did that feel? He I mean, sure did. that had to be a bittersweet moment. You know, every dad wants his kids to have hole in one, holes in one. But I don't know that they want them to have them before they do. I mean, I always knew it was going to happen. I've been saying it for years that uh, he was going to beat me to it. I've been I've been close a few times, but it and but he's been close a few times too. He's he's put uh, a few times within a couple inches. So I've been saying he's going to do it. He's going to beat me to it. And uh, that was actually one of the first things I thought of when he made the first one. I was like, well, there it is. He did it. He beat me to it. You know, <laughs> and you know, you can't be mad about that. It's you know, I'd rather see him make it than than me make it to be honest. So, but then he has to go and do it again and now I'm looking at him like okay well one maybe I could catch up but two I don't know about this buddy you know <laughs> I think you're gonna be up on me for the rest of your life so. yeah next few few holes were fun I played 10 and 11 solidly I think I got pars on both of them then I stepped up to 12 110 yards my dad says the same thing to me he says aim left play draw into the hole and I hit it and it just goes straight and we're all looking at each other and oh we're like, did that really just happen? Oh, my God. Two holes in one in the same round. That is so awesome. So that's that's two eagles, right, Jake? Two eagles. Right. And then you have one more par three still yet to come, the 15th hole. <laughs> what happened? Like, Don't- I get on that hole, and I have, like, everyone's <laughs> looking at me like, is he going to do it again? <laughs> You could never know at that point. Like I could have, I could have gotten another hole in one, or I could have just slid the hole out normally. Like we couldn't tell. Okay, so you get to the fifteenth hole, 
and you hit a shot. And where does it go? I hit it to about 10 feet, and then I actually made the putt for birdie. Okay, so now. But my par three is pretty solidly. <laughs> I would say pretty solidly. Three par threes, five under par. Do I have the math right? <laughs> three par threes, five under par, and you're 11 years old? That's just not fair. That's not fair, Jake. you got to fly to Seattle and teach me how to play golf. This was amazing. So at the end of the round, what happens? Does everybody talk about it? Do you take pictures? Do people want to ask you questions? Are there are there members of the media? Tell me what happens. Definitely we celebrated, and and then a lot of people came up to me, you know, congratulated me. We took pictures, and the person, one of the people who was actually working, like, at the tournament took me aside and interviewed me just on his phone for to put up on their Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And so after that, we just hung out for a while because – Everyone was still really happy about it, including me, and so that was fun. How does an 11-year-old with his caddy dad, a firefighter from the Tucson area, how do you celebrate two holes in one? What do you do? Uh, You get lots of root beers and Shirley Temples. (laughs) Root beers and Shirley Temples. I like it very, very much. How did you – so it was a two-day tournament, and how did you end up doing in the tournament? Um – I think I got 14th out of 32 players. I think I shot a 76 the, seven, the second day, and then I shot a 74 the first day. And were you pleased with that? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you can't walk away from a tournament like that and not be happy. It's definitely something to remember. How long have you been playing golf, Jake? About six to seven years. What's your best round? Um, I think for 18 holes, it's a 72. 72. And when you got home, was everybody making a big deal? Did your friends know? Did you tell your friends? Did you take a take the golf balls to class? I heard you took a picture with two aces from a card deck and also your two balls. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I did that. I did the cards picture because the last person to do it in 2015 was Brian Harmon, and he, which is also a lefty, and so he did two pictures with two cards, so I decided to kind of redo it. What's been the best part? I think definitely just like, I'm going to remember it because, like, you can never take that away from me, you know, because, like, that's just a memory that I'll always have. Did you have a – do you have a favorite golfer? Do you watch golf on TV? Do you like do – you, do you ever go to Phoenix and watch the guys, the pros, when they come to town? Uh, yeah. My favorite golfer is probably Ricky Fowler or Phil Mickelson. And I love watching when we go – we go up to Phoenix in February to watch the Waste Management Open. I love that. Do you like the way Ricky Fowler dresses? Oh, yeah, definitely. I have so many of those hats. <laughs> Dad, what kind of reaction from the adults? Because sometimes you wonder, as, as accomplished as your son is, Jake, it's, it's probably outside of his realm of understanding how improbable the accomplishment was to have two holes in one. I mean, 67 million to one means something to you and me. It may not mean the same thing to him. What, what, were, what were some of the reactions from the adults that day? Oh, the adults are going crazy. They, everybody knew just how rare that is. Um, we had a bunch of people looking it up on Google, trying to figure out the odds. We, we knew what the odds were, were when we walked off the last tee because people were coming up to us. But everybody was just, I mean, it was crazy. They, they knew how special it was, and the kids were excited, like you were saying, but they, they have no idea. You know, they're like, that was amazing. And a lot of people calling Jake a legend for doing it. And, uh, but at the same time, they don't know that you know that's something we're probably not going to see ever again and um and just how rare it is for it to be done but to answer your question yeah the adults we we knew how special it was so we definitely were uh we took it in and even the next day when i woke up you know it was the first thing i thought about and i just had to close my eyes and be like i cannot believe 
that just happened. You know, that's just unbelievable and so rare that, that, that he even did that. What was it like walking up to the 15th hole, Dad? He already has two holes in one in his pocket, and he steps up. The left-hander steps up. The 11-year-old left-hander steps up, and he hits another good shot at 15. Yeah, it was in the air. Nobody said anything. <laughs> you know, I saw it go up in the air, and I'm like, you know what? This thing, it, it looked really good. It was it was a lot more left than the other two, so we knew that it, you know in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is going to miss a little left. But it looked really good, and it was drawing just like the other two did. So there was that brief moment where I'm thinking, you know, this could happen. You know, he could get a third one here. And to be honest, it, I mean, he hit it. He, you, you, I know from watching him every single day when he hits it pure. And he hit that third one pure, too. It was right off the middle. He hit it exactly how you wanted to. It was a, it was a different club this time. It was a little longer. But yeah, in, in the air, we, we definitely thought that had a chance as well. And then when it didn't go in, we jokingly all looked at him and started booing him like he, like he, like come on man, you're not gonna get three. <laughs> so, and then he and then he went up to the green and made the putt and shut us all up. So, ah, uh, beautiful. Five under on three par threes. What was mom's reaction to all of this in the gallery? Mom was uh, she was shocked, and uh, and then the other moms were looking at her like. You got that on video, right? After you hit the first one, and she's like, "No, I didn't get it." You know, and 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 all the moms, because they're you know they're so used to playing in tournaments, they say you have to film the par threes just in case. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so then we get to twelve, and we and the way twelve went, it, it, it was kind of sped up. You know, like to be honest, Jake went before we were all ready for him to really go. You know, he looked at me and said, you know, what should I do? I said the same thing you did on the last one, hit a draw. And the next thing we know, the ball's in the air and it's in the hole. And then we all look around and I look at my wife and I say, did you get that one? She goes, no. <laughs> so, she, so she didn't get that one either. We didn't get either oh. one on video. And then, and then on 15, we definitely recorded that one, which like I said, was a great shot, but uh, just, just missed a little bit. Uh. Well, congratulations. This is a, a heck of an accomplishment. I'm really happy for you. I'm happy for your family. This was tremendous, and I hope that you continue to love playing. That's the most important. Just keep love playing. Do you think you might be able to do this for a career someday? Yeah, it's always been my goal to become a pro. And which tournament do you want to win the most? Uh, probably the Waste Management, just because it's <laughs> local, or like the the Masters or the U.S. Open. Dad, you got a great young young guy on your hands. If the golf thing doesn't work out, judging from this interview, maybe you have a maybe you have a television or a radio personality on your hands. You know what? That's a <laughs> that's a good observation. He he's a character, and every year at the end of the season when that he plays in up in Phoenix, they always give the uh, the kid that won the Player of the Year. They let them have a little interview, and Jake hasn't gotten it. He's been close a couple times, but the guy that the director up there, his name is Dale. And he, uh, he's always like, Jake, I really want you to win one of these seasons so that way you can just do the interview at the end because <laughs> he's such a character. And, and they want, you know, he's always cracking jokes and they want, him to, they want him to get on the mic. And he makes sure that whoever does win it every year throws his name in there. They're like, hey, don't forget to thank Jake. So, he, yeah, he's, he's a good kid and, and he, he's having fun out there, which is obviously the most important thing to us. Jake, you're a terrific kid. Happy birthday and thank you for being with us on our show. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. And it's time for a check-in with CEO of Daniel's Broiler, my friend Lindsay Schwartz. Lindsay, how's everything at Daniel's, and how was the bourbon bash? 
You know, Mitch, it's great. We're getting busier every week at all the restaurants. The Bourbon Bash was awesome. We had over 100 people there having a great time, and it was just so nice to be able to host an event again after all this time and see people there and hope to do a bunch more in the future. Lindsay, where are we with staffing? That's always been a challenger and has been a challenge recently. Still some great positions available? Absolutely. As the restaurants continue to get busier, we need more and more people. So we're hiring at all positions, front and back of house, full-time, part-time, looking for good people. You can go to the website or you can actually visit the locations. And the downtown Seattle, Hyatt Regency, the bar area still open at Daniel's? Yeah, the bar is open. We're serving our bar menu that has a couple of great steaks on it. Uh, That's getting busier every week. More people are headed to downtown Seattle these days, and uh, we're excited to see it continue to get busier. Your best busboy at uh, at Bellevue, Max Levy, tells me that live piano music is returning to that location, which has been popular for you guys for years. He's absolutely right. And uh, Jim Washburn, who has been our piano player there for over 30 years, if you can believe that, uh, we say he's played Piano Man more times than Billy Joel. <laughs> he's awesome. I know, I know a lot of listeners have loved him for a long time, and uh, he didn't get to, to perform for a year and a half, and now he's back. So Thursdays through Saturday nights from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., come on in and say hi to Jim. And, Lindsay, you've added new mixers to the Amazon site. Explain that to me. Yeah, we talked about uh, the old-fashioned mixer that we launched on Amazon several months ago. It's been selling really, really well, and uh, we launched three new mixers this week, Whiskey Sour, a Kentucky Mule, and a Lavender Martini. So now we've got four mixers available on the Daniels Broiler storefront on the Amazon website. That is fantastic. There's a lot of forward momentum at Daniels Broiler. I love Daniels Broiler. Been a great partner since back in the radio days, and I'm very appreciative of that. Daniels Broiler, a world-class steakhouse. Unfiltered. You figured it out. I did, yes. Go ahead. Leon Washington. He was great. He was a threat. He was great. Yeah, yeah. I believe he was a Florida State University guy, but he was a running back for the Jets that they yep. got later in his career. He was, a, he was just a really good return man and a very nice man. Very nice guy. Oh, he great. was. Very I talkative. Great guy, yeah. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, yeah. But he would go 65 yards, he'd get knocked out of bounds and come up holding his hamstring. Like, I felt like that was all the time. He'd just give his body for that team. All right, are you ready to it's go It's almost as if, and I hate to keep belabor the point, it's almost as if they go into the season and they go, okay, let's, we're not going to do that. Let's not spend any time or resources on that. We're just going to fair catch it. Yeah, it sucks. Let's just not, let's just not fumble it. Uh, it's the NFL. That's what no it, way to approach life. It is weird that they just sort of throw it away. Care? Why do I care? Yeah, exactly. Why do I care why about do anything, I, though? Why do I care about the returns? <laughs> I know. I'm losing sleep. I don't have much time left. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I know. All right, so somebody came up to me, or somebody, I don't know, texted. They said, hey, you got to talk to Mitch about the Super Bowl halftime show. It's one of the greatest halftime shows ever. That's, that's coming up or yeah. the last one? Yeah, and I was like, better than the... The Justice, no. What is the guy's name? The Justin Timberlake? No, the guy who last year, the the weekend. Oh, better than the weekend. Better than the weekend. Well, I, I looked at who it was and I was thinking and I wrote him back. I was like, Have you heard the podcast ever in your life? <laughs> oh, I got a story about that. I'm gonna sit here and talk about I Dr. Got a Dre, story about that. Snoop Dogg and Eminem. Started, I should have started our show with my story about okay, that. Let me get through this and go then. ahead. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. I'm gonna sit and talk to Mitch about that shit. Say them again. Exactly. So say them again. Snoop Dogg. I know him. Okay, name a song. No. Dr. Dre. Know him. His beats and the girl from Newport. There you go. Name a yeah. song. Can't. Eminem. Uh, Jerry Mathers. Is that his real name? Marshall. 
He was not the beaver. And Jerry Mathers <laughs> as the beaver. Yes. And Mary, Eminem as the beaver. That's right. Mary J. Blige. Can picture her. Yeah. Absolutely. And then Kendrick Can't Lamar is a new one. I don't Can't know name, a ton Kendrick, about him. Can't but name any. That is one hell of a Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show. And by the way. Was the guy kidding or was the guy serious that he wants you I to I think he was serious. About? He hasn't heard the show. Yeah. By the and way, Easy es daughter. Is asking for her dad to be acknowledged, please, because as Mitch, as you know, Easy E grew up and formed NWA with Dr. Dre. So, and Easy E passed away from uh, AIDS-induced uh, pneumonia in 1995 at 30 years old. Okay. But I know you already knew that. So, okay. give me your story. You know how we get annoyed, we get irritated when we find people that say, "Mitch has a show. You oh, guys have a podcast." Drives me crazy. Yeah, I listened every day, every day for 20 years. I listened to him on there. I didn't know that he had a podcast. You know how that drives you crazy? Oh yeah, it does. Okay. Tell me where this falls on that scale. So I've been getting, and I should, I, I kind of feel badly because it took me so long to accept, but I have been getting, there's been somebody who follows us on Twitter who has been asking me to be on their newish podcast for a lot. I keep getting these tweets. Hey, come on our podcast. Come on. I've been meaning to get back and I just okay. haven't, whatever. Direct this messages is going to, or on Twitter? No, no, tweets. I don't get direct messages. Okay. It's just tweets. Gotcha. And I'm like, I've got to get back to this. And I and and then finally the other day I was like, I, I, God, i got to get back. And I wrote back, just send me an email to this, to Mitch and Mitch on Filter.com. I'll be happy to come on. And the, and the tweets were like, we're just huge fans of yours. And it's called the Seattle Sports Union. You ever heard of it? Mm. One guy's name is Brian. And I think the other guy's name was... Uh, Union. I think there's a Seattle sports podcast that I follow. Yeah, I Seattle sports like Union. Okay. I don't know. Seattle Union or something. There's two guys, whatever. And the one guy, his name is Brian okay. Solak, I think is his last name. He's tweeting me, we love you. We follow you. You know, we, we, you got to come on our podcast. It would be great. And I, and I, I've wanted to do it. So I sent him a note. Okay, just, and I went on their podcast. You did? Yeah. Okay. I was on their podcast last week. It was Thursday night. They want first. They asked me for ninety minutes. I interviewed people for twelve. Right. They wanted me for ninety, 90 minutes. minutes. I had to do the Seahawks round ta- a no table. I had to oh, do yeah. uh, Slickhawk. I had to do you know Busy stuff. Day, yeah. I was like, I can't do ninety minutes. Can we do sixty? Sixty. Pretty generous. I mean, still sixty. Sixty minutes. Yeah. I'm not that interesting. Right. I don't have much to say. If you had a story, at twenty two minutes. Just stay with him. These guys, but we're big fans of yours. Okay. We'll do whatever you'd like. Okay, sixty's fine. But we're just huge fans. I start the thing. They put me on Zoom. I come on, and they and they they proceed to just two guys. They are quoting things that we did on the morning show. They 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 they, they are clear. They were clear P ones. I mean, they were saying I didn't even remember some of the things on the morning show. P ones. Okay, I don't even remember some of the things that they were quoted. They right. remember the morning show. Neither one of them had listened to a podcast oh or had subscribed. <laughs> and I go to him, I say to him, and, and I acted. I mean, I wasn't. I was. I was giving him a hard time, but I was like, hold, hold on a second. Wait, you guys have not subscribed? Like, hit the button, subscribe? No. You've not heard any of the. We've been doing it for three years. You're such a huge fan. You oh know all the stuff gosh. that we did in the morning. No, we've never listened. One of the guys says, no, but I listen to Tom Wassels. That's what he says oh, on the podcast. I love Tom, but... This but, guy- but okay, but I don't understand. I don't, I, get, it I don't get it. Okay. It's free on Mondays, and right. they they listen to every day during the morning. They had they were citing things that I did that I did, <laughs> and they've never once in three years never once listened to Mitch Unfiltered. What? I'm like, what? And they're not even like altacockers who can't figure out the po- they have a podcast. They have a podcast. They're in that world. They're they know <laughs> they know all about our podcast. They asking, know RSS feeds. He's, a, he's asking me about my podcast. I'm like, well, yes, you. No, we never never what? heard it. <laughs> Why? It's so weird. Why? I thought you liked the show. 
here it is again. You're not curious to find out? A little. You want me on the show because you love the. You're not even curious no. to see what I sound, what we sound like. Right. No. We'll do it. We'll do it. And they were like, oh, we're going we to feel, bug you. They were like, feel guilty. Well, now we'll do it. And then one of the guys goes, Gosh. like in the middle of the interview, like 33 minutes in, one of the guys goes, I just subscribed. I just hit okay. the button. Thanks, buddy. I, and I'm not talking. I want everybody to understand. I'm not talking about the $5 a month thing. Right. I, yeah, I don't yeah. want people to think I'm asking about patrons. No. They had never heard the Monday show. They've never hit little subscribe. When they are huge fans who want me on the podcast and remember everything I ever did on the No, no, we've not we've not heard it yet. It's like it's like somebody it being It doesn't make any sense. It's like somebody being an enormous Paul McCartney fan. You love him in the Beatles. The Beatles break up, but then he go he goes to Wings. And you're like, nah, I don't really care. No, he's in a new band. It's still <laughs> Paul McCartney. Don't you want to hear how he sounds? I don't know. You love Paul McCartney though. Nah, I like the Beatles. But it's so weird. Did they're they're a- asking me things like, you know, how you've always been a good interviewer. How do you approach those things? And I was like, we interview three people a week every on the yeah. show. You know, you think I'm a great interview. You never you wanted to hear it. <laughs> I've done three years worth of interviews. You know, nah, we just I Tom, you on the radio. Been, been on, heard Tom Wassel's one. Oh, my gosh. That's just so bizarre. Just bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre. Okay. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I just have to tell you that Clemson Tigers are out. They're out of the AP top twenty-five for the okay. first time since two thousand fourteen. Good, Dabo. What's Good. their What's their next game? The Clemson Tigers. We had Florida State beat, and then we let them off the hook. By the way, the Ducks shit the bed in overtime to Stanford. <laughs> Sorry, Slick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, you're up. Um, we talk about the Cards and the Rams. Root Sports getting dropped by the Dish Network. Great timing that? for that, by the way. So no Kraken, no Mariners, and also the Dish Network doesn't show the Pac-12 Network. Yeah. So if you're a – something tells me that there's nobody on, like, the board of directors of the Dish Network that's from the Pacific Northwest. I don't think they really care that much about Seattle. And they, they, it was dropped October 1st, which was that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the three biggest games in Mariner history in 20 years, and you can't watch them. You can't watch them. Great timing. But I'm sure this decision was made a year ago – Believe me, the Mariners ain't playing in October, Carl. We can go ahead and pull the plug on them on October first. That. Yeah, that's brutal. I got that, and then I got the uh, the one social media thing I wanted to actually I wanted to mention two, but I don't know. One of them is the uh, the TikTok gal, the lady on TikTok girl on late on TikTok who does the Stephen A. Smith impersonate. I don't like oh, Stephen. I don't a. think Smith. I've seen that. Do you I, like Stephen A. Smith? He's unwatchable to me. Unwatchable. I Why just, is it everybody nuts. I know says the same thing, and yet the guy's the most popular guy on ESPN, twenty-five making, million dollars, making a year. more money than anybody else? And there's no one I know. I never bring up right. Stephen A. Smith to anybody that says, "Oh, love him." Right. I live and die with every word he says. I, I, I literally. It's not only that I don't don't like him. When I see him on the screen, I, I like literally run. I, I don't even turn the channel. I just dive out the window. Yeah, you shoulder roll down the hall like, and dive out the window. Out, get yeah. me out. Get me away. I can't do it. But I'm sure he's a nice enough guy. He just doesn't do it. But this woman on TikTok, you've got to see this to believe it. I can't it. wait. What she does is she doesn't just do an imitation. She's not really doing it. It's hard to explain. The videos that she does on Stephen A. Smith, she puts his video and then her video half screen, half screen. Okay. And... She does it while he's doing it. Oh, she's okay. mimicking him it's while he's. It's and she's got every mannerism. <laughs> I can't wait. It's very, very good. By the way, very, I don't very, know if you very watch, good, very funny. If you watch last week tonight with John Oliver on HBO, you know who John Oliver is. I know John. I can picture him with the glasses. Yeah, like yeah. An English guy. Yeah, that's right. English fellow. They just shit on Stephen A. Smith like a, a, an episode ago or two episodes ago, where I they were. Get that. They put together a montage of his pregnant pauses that are just oh. annoyingly long. 
I don't get the. It's fast really forward. funny. So what yeah. is it that people like about? Uh, you got to ask someone like, who likes him. Skip Bayless? No, I know. No, I know. Oh, no, I guess they're not on together. But Shannon like, Sharp? No, Shannon Sharp? No, Skip Bayless? No, that show that Stephen A. Smith's on? No, Max Kellerman? No, it's just blowhard after no. blowhard. I just can't. I say do to it. myself, those guys are making ten, twelve, eight oh. million dollars a year. I'm doing a Fakakta podcast oh, that even Seattle Sports Union won't listen to. <laughs> That's so true. You can't even get, the, can't even get your fans, fans to, to listen to. to it. What the hell is going on around? here all right this october airbnb you probably don't give a crap about the movie scream night from 1996 with Did the you mask? yeah yeah with drew barrymore was yeah, in the yeah. opening scene yeah nev campbell that's right hey look at you oh, i like nev okay campbell. well well <laughs> there's another movie as to why you like nev campbell oh no I the movie know. was called wild things oh with dylan matt dylan no 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 not matt Dillon. it was uh nev campbell and um the girl the other woman yeah i think she's a real housewife matt now. dylan Matt Dillon was in it. Is Matt Dillon an actor? He is an actor. He, he's yes. in it. He was. He in was. It. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, this October. You wouldn't remember him with the other two girls. I can understand why you wouldn't. Airbnb remember. is giving horror fans a chance to stay at the home featured in the 1996 film Scream okay. at just $5 per night. Okay. It's pretty cool. It's located in California, and uh, you get to watch a VHS copy of the Scream movies that night, and you get all the classic 90s favorites, including Jiffy Pop Popcorn, which you wouldn't get. When does, when does Saturday Night Live debut? It Doesn't... did. Oh, I missed it? It's sitting on my DVR. I can't get to it. Do I have to do DVR or can I just go into like, uh, just you, watch it? You have Xfinity? Yeah. Yeah, it's on demand. I'm okay. sure it's on demand. Yeah. Who was the host? I have a C- I think it was Owen Wilson. Don't quote me on that. Oh, Owen Wilson. Yeah. He's yeah, good. You know why I like Owen Wilson? Huh? The nose. Oh, yeah. It's prodigious. He makes mine. <laughs> it's prodigious, man. Look it's... like a little tiny tot. Yeah. 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 So. And it goes in a lot of different directions. Yeah, it does. Like, something's going on with it's that. It's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he makes me feel good about myself. Yeah, that. And <laughs> anybody who makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> yeah. Especially guys who have me on and say they haven't listened to the podcast. Bizarre. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. A horrified woman discovered a human finger inside a burger she was eating. Pictures of her horrifying find, which happened at a restaurant in Santa Cruz, Bolivia, quickly went viral. Now, it's been verified that the hamburger has been sold in that establishment, and that hamburger had part of a finger from a worker who lost two fingers last Friday. They've narrowed it down. The the Jorge Silva, deputy minister of consumer defense, told a local newspaper. It later emerged that one of the workers at the meat grinding factory, I shouldn't laugh, which supplies burgers to 20 restaurants in the area, had lost two fingers while operating a cutting machine. He was immediately taken to the hospital, but appears at least one of his fingers was never recovered until now. So she's not lying because a lot of times you get these bullshit, you know, uh, lawsuits. But there was an accident at a meat plant. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Am I still up? Are there jokes? Are there jokes coming from that? I thought that might have been the one that we were going to get some. It's not. David Lee Roth says he's getting ready to hang it up, but first he's going out with a bang on the Las Vegas Strip where he'll pay homage to the Van Halen days. David Roth. That's right. He is. Yes. No Lee. The former Van Halen. Manny Lee Roth. Manny. I'm telling you, that could have been a thing. Uh, he says uh, that the Van, Van Halen era comes to a close in January at the House of Blues. I may have to go to that, by the way, uh, at the Mandalay Bay with a handful of shows from New Year's Eve to January 8th. So goodbye to David Lee Roth, one of the best to ever do it. All right. First Floyd Mayweather, now p- potentially Mike Tyson. That could very well be a reality for Logan Paul. Remember Logan Paul fought Floyd Mayweather? Mike Tyson said he would do it. I'm just going to edit this out. You, okay, fine. I'm I've now on. gotten to the point where anytime one of the Paul boys is, is, is mentioned, I, I edit it out. Okay, you can edit it out. But I'm just, edit it out. Just so, know so it's... We could talk amongst ourselves. They're the biggest just, boxers in the world. Just know that everything you're saying right now, no one... The guys from Seattle Sports Union are not going to hear. 
Okay, they're the because biggest they boxers in the world. You can edit that out if you'd yeah, like. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, they're the most popular boxers in the world. No, they're not. They are. It's not no, even they're close. They're not. The, they're going to have a Wilder Fury third match yeah. coming up next weekend. These guys, they won't make as much as the Logan, as the, the Paul boys make on these things. All right, I'll move on. The video of jockey Oyston Murphy, two-time British flat racing champion. Do you see the video of him having that terrifying moment before no. a race on Thursday? No. His horse went out of control and threw him head oh, first horse. into a railing. Horse race. Yeah, he's a jockey. I was th- oh, okay. Yeah, it went down at the Salisbury race course in the UK. He was getting a two-year-old horse ready for his debut in a seven furlong event and the footage it appears that oasis got spooked and starts to lose control bucking and dashing across the parade ring with murphy saddled on it flicked him off it, you, you you think the guy's dead like you see this video i mean they're not huge people and he flies into this fence the horse is going crazy and he somehow only ended up with a few cuts to his face but if you want to look that up feel free it's horrifying all right pat robertson stepping down from the 700 club my man, Pat. And I've already set my resume, so don't worry about it. If I get that okay. yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm a good candidate for it's it. okay. Rest in peace to Tommy Kirk. He likes your end of the, end of the podcast stories. Oh, Bob, Bob Robertson, yeah. whatever his name. What is it? Pat Robertson. <laughs> Pat Robertson. I am the host of the 700 Club. <laughs> we'll be going for two. Um, Tommy Kirk. Be a best, sport, good sport, sport always. I, I like that. I think that's good yeah. advice. Tommy Kirk, best known for playing the kid role of Travis Coates in the 1957 Disney classic, Old Yeller has passed away. You ever see Old Yeller? I know Very the movie. Sad. I probably yeah. have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Was he was a, kid. A, a teenager when he got his big break in Old Yeller, the story about a boy and his heroic dog. He was Disney's go-to kid actor to fill that all-American persona. I think you'd recognize his face. He was in The Shaggy Dog, Swiss Family Robinson, and The Misadventures of Merlin Jones. He was inducted as a Disney legend in 2006. He was 79 years old. Rest in peace. All right. One final one, or do you want some more? No. One final one. A man was arrested after trying to smuggle almost a kilo of gold up his bum. Just, and if you don't know what a kilo, it's just under two pounds of gold. Okay. Muhammad Sharif was moving suspiciously when cops at Impal Airport in southern India decided to give him a quick checkup. After an internal search, that's when they allegedly found to have, <laughs> he allegedly found almost a, almost a kilo of gold wedged up his backside. India Times reported that he was on his way to New Delhi as he passed through Impal Airport in Kerala, southern India, when he was arrested. If you want to know how much the gold was worth, about $57,000 worth of gold he was trying to smuggle. And according to reports, the man actually had a name for where he stores his gold. It's called Fart Knox. As you can imagine, the man was visibly shaken when being arrested. Some would say he was shitting bricks. Turns out the suspect admitted to police that he was inspired by the James Bond movie, Goldeneye. Had the man not been noticed and arrested for moving suspiciously, a little later he definitely would have been, he definitely would have had a suspicious movement. And finally, it'd <laughs> f that one up. Yeah, and finally, it'd be my luck that Absolutely. I'd buy one of those gold grills for my teeth, and they'd use that guy's gold to make it. <laughs> oh, God. I almost got them all out clean. Oh crap! All right, Seahawks against the Rams on Thursday night. I'll be there. Come say hi. Are you going? I am. Oh, good for you. I'm getting out of the house. Seahawks and the Rams on Thursday night. We'll have lots and lots and lots of bonus patron content. Right. For all of you, and again, remember what I said at the beginning. If there's anyone out there that really enjoys the podcast, I know it's not the sports team, guys. Uh, they really enjoy it, that just can't because of whatever is going on in your world. Can't do the five dollars a month. Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com. I'm happy to give you the, nice. the stuff for free. Okay, that's enough. Yes, episode 161. Sorry, Mariners fans. Good season. Yeah, good season. Sorry, dog fans. You should fire somebody. And hey, Seahawks fans, you're two and two, and maybe you can beat the Rams on Thursday. 161 is in the books.